Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have a great day. My name is Tex T, and I'm an alcoholic. Let's go around around the room and introduce ourselves. I'm Maria, alcoholic. Hi, Maria. Margot, Hi, Margot. 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 Hi, because this uh, this reading is 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 scientific. It, it's written for uh, therapists and psychiatrists, the scientific world. So when I when I uh, <clears throat> when I came to AA, I uh, there were a couple of things I just didn't know how to do. Uh, is everybody here familiar with prime time? Okay, that is my home group, and until I had I had ten years, and I didn't really know what was wrong with me. I thought maybe I was going to have to go to a psychiatric hospital because, as I was sharing earlier, um, I got sober in, in Los Angeles, California, uh, December twenty fifth, nineteen ninety, and uh, when people would share from the podium uh, about their their, their, uh, I already forgot how to say Disease. it. No, about the uh, right. committee. The committee in their head talking to them. And, and they chair from the podium as a speaker and everybody would laugh. And so I thought, oh, I got that too. So that must be normal in sobriety. I didn't realize here we're talking about the untreated mind power disease. I thought that they were just making a joke out of it uh, and, and that that's what we had to deal with. I didn't know there was a treatment for that. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm screwed. I don't, you know, and I, and I had no idea that that was my alcoholism. So there was, there was just some blanks in my, in my, in my world. It wasn't the AA program. It's just that I, there were some blanks there. I needed a deeper explanation and understanding of this and then they would talk about smashing your ego and I'm, I'm the kind of girl that loves smashing things and, uh, <laughs> wrote a song about smashing bottles you know so so I'm like cool what do I get smashed but nobody could tell me your ego and I'm like okay because because my I thought my ego or I didn't have one because I was such a humble, <laughs> nice, sweet person, I had no idea. Uh, um, that's how work my mind got. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and I thought, okay, yeah, that arrogant person over there, that braggart, you know, that yeah, I I get it, but that's not me. I didn't I didn't understand what I was supposed to be smashing in that. Yes, I too have an ego. And that is part, it's a, it's a Siamese twin with my disease. And, and so I, I, I get the prime time and I start learning what I'm up against. 
because I didn't really understand what am I trying to treat. You know, I didn't understand how self-centered I was. I didn't understand that when I was nice to people that I was a self-seeker. I didn't understand that. I always wanted something out of the deal. I didn't see this. I didn't, I didn't see any of this. I didn't know how to watch my mind. I didn't know how to watch my thoughts. I didn't know what I was, what the disease of alcoholism is until I got to prime time. And that's why, it, you know, prime time's not for everybody because some people don't know, uh, need, need it broken down the way I needed it broken down, or maybe others do, but, but I tell you what, it gave me a, a, a clear picture of what I was up against. That I start noticing I do have a fault-finding mind. Without alcohol, I do. I am irritable, restless, and discontented. Without alcohol, it is what my mind tells me about the world and its people. And what my mind tells me about the world and its people is usually negative because the world and its people aren't serving me. <laughs> and it's their fault that I'm unhappy. Because if everybody did what I thought they should do, then, well, I know I would be happy. Well, I thought the whole world would be happy. That's how, you know, and that's what we'll be talking about here. You know, that's, 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 that's like the first characteristic of, of the immature child. The, the, the baby is, is, I think, the world revolves around me. Everybody should serve me because I'm the queen. I'm her highness. And if you don't, if you don't serve me, then I turn into a baby. <laughs> Anybody relate? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get my way. I may not be doing that out loud, but inside I am. And sometimes I was doing it out loud because, you know, I learned to start watching my thoughts and my behavior in prime time. And I tell you what, it started becoming very embarrassing. Especially, I, I, I learned this, you know, like like going to the the hour photo. When I look back on it, it's because I take crappy pictures. It's, it wasn't the photo guy's uh, fault at all. It was my fault because I take crappy pictures. But I tell you, I didn't like the way the photos came out, and I threw a complete tantrum and, and you know, blame this guy, blame, blame, and, and he's just like, whatever, ma'am. You know? <laughs> and, and, and I'm just like, oh, my God, you know. And, and, I, and I come to in that moment, in the middle of it, because I've learned, oh, my God. That's Queen Baby. I, you know, he, and I, and I got to see the reality. I just take crappy photo, and, and you know, so I leave because I'm still in shock. But did I? Because I have a program. Thank God, I have a. I mean, the AA program tells me how to act and be in every situation. What would it tell me to do? Well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to make a man. I'm going to apologize to that man for my behavior. Because it, it, you know, it, so so I learned to be humble and to go back and say, "It's not you, it's me 
and I'm so sorry I treated you that way. And so I learned how to change because of all this stuff. But you see, I needed to know what do I need to watch for that I need to change. And that's where, like this book, A Mind Power Disease, it's all in my mind. It's, it's that, it's that long dash, because I usually read this with people after, uh, after we talk about, uh, the, the, um, I'm powerless over alcohol. And then the long dash, and now my, my, my thought life is unmanageable. But what is my thought life, and what am I watching for? What is my disease? What am I looking at? Um, what is getting in my way? What is unmanageable? And, and so, and so during that long dash, I talked to, to my sponsors about, about what alcoholism is, the fault finding mind, the irritable, restless, discontented, the wanting everything my way, the unsatisfied mind, the, the, uh, I, I loved my new car until, until Amber got a new car and, <laughs> and then I, I didn't like my car and I was jealous of Amber <laughs> because her car was, was one day all, uh, a younger, you know, newer than yeah. mine. And, and so the, the focus was off how cool my car was and now everybody's thinking, and so, yeah, I don't know, does your mind, does your mind work that way? Anybody? Yeah. 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 Anybody? Yeah. 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 Never star. I can't believe that you never star. Yeah, yeah. I'm special, not like you. <laughs> exactly. And, and then we think we're different, and we think we're special, and and we look for the differences and everything because you're I'm calling not me. Yeah. Well, because you see, I'm perfect. And, and then I get into the control thing. I want to control everybody and everything around me because I'm so special and I'm entitled to everything and don't get in my way. And yeah, that's what we'll talk about today. Because you see, uh, that was my character that I built all my life that I brought into these rooms and it's laced with alcoholism and ego. Uh, and it's causing me problems, and that's why I drank. I'm not, not, that's not why I drank. I drank because I, I love the way it made me feel, but it relieved my alcoholism. If I look back at, at, at the beginning of my drinking, <clears throat> I was irritable, restless, discontented. I was afraid of everything as a kid. I started drinking when I was 12. Uh, I was afraid of, you know, once I got into junior high school, because then it's like, oh no, they want me to trans, to tra- to, to transfer my, my, my whole being from, from a kid into an adult. This, I don't like this, you know. Now I have to wear pantyhose and makeup and, and actually brush my hair. <laughs> well, I didn't like it at all. So I was so grateful when I, when, when I was, that was the best part of being, uh, going into that junior high was the introduction of alcohol. Because then we all felt like we fit in. Everything was good. It, it tore down all the walls between everybody. All the fears went out the window. That, 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 that. So suddenly I felt like I fit in my skin. I felt good. And the first time I got drunk, I, I was, I asked myself when I came to, was that a dream or was that real? I hope it was real because I felt like I was in love. And I said, I want to feel like this the rest of my life. 
I was 12 years old. And I, I was already sold on, you know, being, I was already in love. Because it fixed my mind power disease. It treated my mind, the mind that was told me I was, I'm not good enough. I'm not getting my way. I, I'm a baby. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of, oh my God, someone, you know, I, I always wanted to be invisible. In a room of people, I wanted to be invisible. If somebody noticed me, it freaked me out. I'd be like, oh my God, don't notice me. You know, I mean, I was, I was just a, a scared, a terrified little kid. But I, I wanted to be left alone. I wanted to be invisible, and I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I remember that clearly. And then when, when alcohol, as we all know, uh, for me, I believe that my mind power disease uh, outgrew the power of alcohol. Alcohol couldn't treat my mind anymore. <laughs> my alcoholism had just gotten so insane, and it's just like, nope, sorry, you're just going to be irritable, restless, discontent. I don't care how, in fear, I don't care how much you drink, I don't care how many drugs you do. It's... I'm stronger than your solution. And that's what I truly believe about my disease, that it, it, it got stronger than my solution. And that's when I, I'm like, oh. and that's when I got sober, and that's when, you know, I thought getting, that stopping drinking was going to be the answer, you know, and then I, 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 I read this stuff, I go through the steps with sponsors I respect, Pick sponsors that would let me get away with things, and so you know, I mean, I mean, I did it all to myself, as as it says in the book. All my troubles were my own making. I didn't realize I was trying to do the easier, softer way, and that uh, that I was I was really uh, thinking I was so clever, but I was really only outsmarting myself, and and that that I was still going to suffer <clears throat> until. Finally, I start, you know, I had, I had actually heard Bob Anderson when I had six years sober. He came to Hollywood and did a workshop, and I thought, this is for me. This tells the application of it. Not working the step, but it becoming a part of my life, and how do you do this? And this man was telling the whole thing. But the only meeting was in Santa Monica, California. You know where that is. So, so going from Hollywood to Santa Monica, I was still uh, too afraid to drive that far and look for parking. And, and I was, and, and so I, I still, I'm still full of fear because I, I haven't treated my alcoholism yet. But uh, I, I, my fear. Uh, Cheated me out of four years of prime time because I would not drive that far because I wouldn't be able to find parking. Oh my god! Oh my god! And then, and then, if I did find parking, and then I, I, I find the place where the meeting is when I walk in because you know I'm so important, right? <laughs> I, when I walk in that room, everybody's gonna turn around and look at me. <laughs> And I'm just like, I can't handle that. Everyone's going to notice me, me, because it's all about me, 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 me. You know, and, and, and this, so that kept me. So, so my thought life and my self-talk and my fears kept me from going to where the goods were. Now, 
I got so sick emotionally and mentally, I didn't want to live anymore. You know, I was talking to one of my friends, and he said, have you ever heard of prime time? And I went, I was grabbing by the collars. <gasps> prime time! You heard of prime time? Oh, my God! Where? I would have driven to the end of the earth at that time. Mm-hmm. That is the gift of desperation. But, boy, I tell you what. I mean, there's nothing I can do about that. I didn't, I didn't drive from Hollywood to Santa Monica. There's nothing I can do about that. But I used to regret that. But I've learned in my recovery, things just happen when they're supposed to happen. Because boy, I tell you what, that gift of desperation, I would have driven to the end of the earth, and I didn't care if anybody was looking at me when I walked in those rooms. I was just like, okay, this is where the good stuff is, and I know it, knew it because I had heard Bob uh, four years before. And I start going to this primetime meeting, and, and the first time that they talk, I, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, suddenly, I have ease and comfort. And I'm just so grateful. And as I said, primetime's not for everybody, because some people come in there and they go, God, they don't even talk about getting drunk. They just talk about being sober. And it's like, yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> because I, I've heard enough about how to get drunk. I know how to, you know, I, I know all about that. But, but... And, and I'm just like, oh my God. And I was so relieved when my, when my sponsor told me, um, we read, we read step one of the problem talk, and, and she pointed out all of that good stuff about the work mind, and about, uh, my, my devastating weakness, and, and, you know, about, about what my mind is telling me, and pointed out all that good stuff, and started telling me about alcoholism, and, she asked me, Isn't aren't you relieved? And I said, Well, I don't understand what you're asking me. And she said, To know that you have alcoholism and that's what's wrong with you? And I went, Well, I'm not sure. That makes me real happy, but <laughs> but that I don't have to go to a mental health facility and be locked up. Uh yeah, and she said, and there's a solution for it. And that's what we're going to get to. And then she read the Chibo papers with me, which I'm going to do with y'all right now. Uh, because I had no idea about about these Chibo papers, about Harry Chibo. Uh, and I had no idea <clears throat> that, that there was something called the ego factors until, you know, I have so much... Gratitude for prime time, and, and when I when I started going to prime time, I was in L.A., and, and uh, the only recordings there were were of Bob Anderson, and they were on cassette tapes. I don't know if anybody remembers <laughs> yeah. cassette tapes. Remember if they don't have it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I I, think, I remember. <laughs> I think cassette tapes are actually making a comeback. Which yeah. is crazy. Really? So, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, it's crazy. So so now I can see my CDs. Now I can yeah. have people have Bob Anderson tapes if they want. But um, but that was and they had they had the the Bob Anderson tapes available for listening, and they had the Tebow papers available. In fact, this is my original copy. That's why it's just totally destroyed. And uh. And I just still use it to this day. Uh, and my, and my, uh, my sponsor told me, I'm gonna read these with you because she got all her little 
baby ducks together, her sponsees together, and, and, uh, read these with us because, so that she could do it slowly and, and, you know, describe it, and we have, if we had questions. But, you know, I started reading this on my own, and she said, well, if you're gonna read anything on your own, ask your higher power to read it with you. Of course, I still wasn't in step two yet, but I thought, you know what? I don't really have a higher power, but I'm going to do what she says anyway. That's how desperate I was. I was actually going to do what my sponsor told me for once. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I, I said, you know, God, I don't even know if you're there, but I'm going to ask you to read with me because my sponsor told me if I wasn't, didn't ask you to read with me that I'd be reading this with my ego and my ego doesn't want to read about itself. So it's not going to get anything out of it. So if I'm going to, you know, just like my time well, I'm going to need you to help me. And I learned to start asking God to help me read everything in the big book, the 12 and 12 this, you know, everything, anything I would read. God, can you help me read this? And, uh, and so, uh, she, she read this to us and I'm going to read it to y'all. And we will stop. Um, from time to time, if you have any questions, just go ahead and jot them down, and then we'll stop at certain places, and you can ask those questions. Um, we can do that all through this whole deal, because uh, this is an easy reading, and I, and I don't know what your pages say, but uh, I'm going to read from my thing, and I don't, I don't think it's in your pages, but I'm just going to read this anyway. <laughs> it says, here, it, it says, uh, Dr. Harry Tebow, because my pages probably don't even match up to yours because this was made, you know, back, I don't know, 20 years ago, something, 22 years ago. Dr. Harry M. Tebow, a psychiatrist, and, and you can read about Tebow in the, in the, uh, uh, back of the big book, and also you can, in AA Comes of Age, there's lots of Harry Tebow in there because he was invited to speak. Um, and he was, he was the, he's the only member of AA by proxy. He was not an alcoholic, but he was so welcome and so much a part of it that he was, he was part of it. He was a member of AA by proxy. He was an amazing guy. Because back in these days, because as you, as you know that, that this is a spiritual program that we have, and uh, back then, you know, I mean, Doctors and psychiatrists and therapists, you know, they were all in, in what is medically, what can we do medically, medically or, 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 or psychotherapy wise. And it had nothing to do with spiritual, spirituality. So, so that Harry Tebow taking this on and, and, and looking at the spiritual aspect of this miraculous program as he thought it was, which I I agree with Harry. Um that he starts bringing out the the spiritual side of things talking to the psychiatrist and, and you know the scientific people. So he was kinda he was a pioneer because because these medical people they didn't talk about this. It's like no, no, no but so Harry was thinking outside the box. I am so grateful for Harry Tebow, um, seeing, being able to be open enough to see the miracle of, of this happen because he saw it firsthand because at the hospital he was working at, 
uh, Marty Mann was there, and I don't know if everybody knows Marty Mann. I don't want to get this turned this into a yeah. She was one of the, the earliest female alcoholics, and she was under the care of, of, of uh, Harry Tebow, and she she could not stop, you know. So she's in this 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 hospital with Harry Tebow, and. She was a very uh, stubborn. Uh, she was the one who threw the big book out the window. That's right, because uh, she she w- w- when she got to the Harry's like read this see if it helps. So she starts reading it, it gets to the God part, and she throws it out the window. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which, which, you know, that 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 should be a, a stop sign. Let's not mention God yet. You know, let, let's really make it. Let's really focus on the spiritual aspect and not name it God. You know, uh, if I if I was there rewriting this, I would say, you know what? Let's let's keep it on the spiritual thing because there's too much debate when the G word comes in. People throw the big book out the window. <laughs> you know, and so and so you know, Tiba went and got it, and he was sitting there, and she's like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, you know what? Why don't you try reading this book again? And she ended up reading the book because she she was desperate. She was out of ideas. And she's just like, oh, my God. And and she started going to church. And that's where the word, the term surrender came from. It's not in the big book. It's not anywhere. But it was when Marty Mann came back and was talking to T-Bone. She said, you know what? I had a surrender. And he's like, well, what does that mean? Well, I believe in a power greater than myself. And so, you know, Tebow's like, wow. You know, <laughs> wow. <laughs> this stubborn, arrogant, you know, the, the, uh, um, the what was that word? Defiant. Defiant woman. She's what, she's got this easy comfort, and she's in what she calls a surrender. So, Tebow really, uh, Marty Mann really is the one that started the surrender deal. Uh, but, but, uh, so Dr. Tebow really got involved with, uh, Marty Mann, and, and, cause she, she got really involved in AA and, and started this National Council on Alcoholism. And there's a lot, of, there's a lot of history there. I won't, I won't bother you with it, but it's really interesting to get into the, the history of AA and, and see how all this, this, this fell together. And it says here that, that Dr. Harry Tebow, a psychiatrist, was an early pioneer in coupling the principles and philosophy, spiritual philosophy, of AA with psychiatric knowledge of alcoholism. So what he knew medically, he was he was he was uh, coupling it with our principles and and spiritual philosophy, which you know he was a pioneer. A strong supporter of AA throughout his life, he consistently worked for acceptance of his views. Concerning alcoholism, the medical and psychiatric professions. He served on the board of trustees for AA from 1957 to 1966 and was chairman of the National Council of Alcoholism in 1950, which Marty Mann started. She jumped into the middle of it when she had her surrender. So, uh, 
the 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 whole thing about about I was reading something today about about how it's it's uh it in fact I think it's probably gonna come in this reading I'm gonna read to you and and so here here we have uh the this is reprinted from the 1953 Quarterly Journal of Studies on Alcohol so this this paper came out in 1953 which was almost 20 years after uh, AA started uh and it, it it consists of four papers written during the 1950s drawing the personal stories and the art of vast experience. So there's four other, there's three other sections in here, but I, I always focus on the ego factors because I read the other stuff and I'm like, there it is, they're talking about ego, there it is, they're talking about ego. Okay, well, and here it tells me that what part of the alcoholic must surrender? The ego! Well, what does that mean? And so that's why I read these over and over. Uh, first published, okay, never mind. Let me go here. Uh, I don't think, I don't think you have this in your, in your thing, but I'm not sure. The 12 steps as ego deflating devices. Is that in your? No, sorry. I just printed the. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's okay. Because, uh, what, and, and here we go. And, and, and uh, you can go back can and listen to this. this. What? Can I take a picture? Absolutely. It is photogenic. Do you have your. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Can you send it in our group chat? Yeah. Um, this is my iPad. Wait, I'll just find. You can do it? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so so I guess you just have to be a good listener. Yeah. Uh, so God, please help us listen here, and and please set aside everything we think we know about the Harry Tebow papers, about surrender, about the ego, about everything, everything in the world. Help me, help me set aside everything I think I know about about how Helena and, and how special she is and and and, <laughs> and uh, open my mind because see that's all about the open mind that's why I call the set aside prayer my step two prayer because step two is all about learning what an open mind is perhaps we'll have a step study one of these days yeah. um, so I can I can pass down what was passed down to me that really helped me know what this stuff means because, you know, I needed my sponsor to, to tell me what an open mind is. I had no idea. I thought I was progressive and that that was an open mind. No. Uh-uh. It, it, it's open, I'll just try and say it, that open mind is, is, is a mind that, that, that's open to everything and not full of me. Not full of my old ideas, not full of my opinions. Not full of my fears, not full of my character defects. Open mind is I'm open to try new things because you see my 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 mind power disease will tell me that's not going to work for me. Everything they've asked me to do in AA, I have never done. I have no experience with it, but my mind will tell me, "Oh, you're too good for that." It's not gonna work. That's not gonna work. Mind the smart one. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, that's not gonna work. Help. Yeah, it's just like I'm not gonna try that. I'm a bunch of losers. 
You know, my mind told me all of that about step two, step three, especially, because I didn't like the G word. But, you know, I could talk on and on, but we need to get to these papers, and I know that. But, but you know, uh, learning to have a, a mind that's open uh, to new ideas and trying new things without having an opinion about it until I try it. Just like it says in step two, like a scientist, they, they, they experiment again and again, always with an open mind. They don't set it up an experiment and go, this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm going to prove it to you by doing this experiment. And then when it does work, it's like, uh-oh, I can't tell anybody this work. I told them all it wasn't going to work. I don't want to look bad. You know, scientists don't do that. They said, let's see what the result is. Kind of like with our current situation, our, our COVID tests. Do I know if I have COVID until I do that test? No. Of course, my mind can sit there and go, my mind can sit there and go, oh my God, I got COVID, oh my God, I got COVID. But until I have the proof, what my mind is telling me isn't, simply is not true. So anyway, what does surrender mean? For reasons still obscure, the program and the fellowship of AA could cause a surrender, which in turn would lead to a period of no drinking. But see, we have to go beyond that. Because I have to, I have to learn how to surrender every day, every day, every day, you know, because I don't realize what I'm surrendering is the power of me. That I can't be the power anymore. Um, but but when I first stopped drinking, I think, okay, I've surrendered. I'm not drinking. That's good enough. But then I find out I must surrender all of me, good and bad. You know, that's where the steps come in. Um, it became ever more apparent that in everyone's psyche there existed an unconquerable ego which bitterly opposed any thought of defeat until that ego was somehow reduced or rendered ineffective no likelihood of surrender could be anticipated so what are we what's that blossoming out is that yes so what we're we're surrendering is our ego because see our ego is a power it's a power It, it works with the alcoholism it wants to run the show and it will wait patiently and, and that's why we can't remember that last time we got drunk and how it was such a train wreck because the ego does a mind eraser. It'll be different this time. So it's, it's that's a lot of self-talk is the ego telling me, oh, it'll be different this time. Oh, you can handle it. <laughs> because see, the ego doesn't want to give up the throne. Sorry? The throne. The ego does not want to give up the throne. Her Majesty the Baby does not want to give up the throne <laughs> to the step two idea of a power greater than me. That will return me to sanity if I rightly relate myself to it. You see, that's why it, it, it's... Uh, the minute we question it and bring it to the surface and start noticing it, it gets upset. Mm-hmm. It gets upset. You know, I mean, I don't know how the surrender happened when I hit bottom, but but I just know that 
that there was that hole in my soul that that alcohol wasn't filling up, nothing outside was filling up, and, and I finally hit bottom. But I did not realize that as I stayed sober, that my ego was going to resurge, have a resurgence. I didn't understand what my alcoholism is and my disease is. And, and you see, that's what happened every time I went out drinking again, was my ego came back and told me, fuck it, just go drink, you're okay. You know, and, and the thing is, when I finally got some days together, and that resurgence happened, and then I'm uncomfortable with my own skin, and, and I don't realize this is my ego, because it wants to be the power, and it wants to be right, and it wants everybody to bow down to me, and it wants, you know, it, it thinks that I'm the higher power, and, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to read about here, is how, how does this manifest? So, how do I stay in surrender? Well, I have to start watching my mind. I have to start watching my ego. I have to start paying attention to which uh, which um, power I'm turning my attention to. Which power am I living with? Am I living with the power of my ego that wants me dead, miserable? Definitely wants you dead. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's the negative power. I mean, I, I, I'm a scientific person, and I know for a fact that there's a negative mind and there's a positive mind. Well, my ego and my alcoholism live, that is my negative mind, and, and the power, power greater than me, that is my positive mind. That's where all the good stuff is. So, so, my mind telling me that there is no God, well, whatever, I'm not into the religious God, da 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 but I certainly know positive, how, how much better, how much ease and comfort I get when I'm with the positive mind than with the negative mind, how much better my life is. And, and so I call that positive mind a power greater than me. You can call it whatever, and I call it God out of convenience. Just because it, God's my buddy, God's my friend, God's who I turn to. I, and I don't know about you over here, or if you've ever noticed, but my negative, I can feel my negative mind on my left and my positive mind on my right. What about you? I don't really have locations for them. Your self-talk. When my you hear self- yourself talk, do you hear from the left or the right? It's more up and down. Ah, so okay. So it's like my head or my, my gut. Okay. So it's like, like I feel like for me, HP is like the soul okay. that is connected to this there you go. string that's up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's where you're, that's yeah. where you're self-talk. What about you, Amber? Yeah, same. Up and down. Really? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Anybody else up and down or, or left, right? Straight, straight forward. Like more negative, like more Wow. Okay. And, and and then if you have your positive thoughts, do, do you know? Like, like, oh, you know, surrounded. Okay. Yeah, like a halo. Okay, okay, great. Anybody else? Isa. Isa? Mine is more the negativities behind mine. Yeah. Mine is okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then here is behind Okay. So cool. Me too. That's so cool. Interesting. Yeah, so we all have our art in the back. Oh, uh, <laughs> and and I I I uh, mentioned it because the whole body is going uh, like this. Yes, it's it's like, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I just uh, because 
because this part of me doesn't like me talking about it. And, and I actually felt like I was going to throw up, but only on this side of my throat. <laughs> that, that's never happened before. It's huh. like, it's like, well, you're talking about me. Don't, 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 don't identify me because my ego doesn't want me to identify that. You know, it wants to be the power. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Do you, do you guys have that with the, that's like the, the, if you have the HP that it feels like you're connected to the sky and the ground and then if it's the ego or the mind, it's like just here, it really compromise. Yeah. 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 Right. I oh, absolutely. Like a tight thing. It's like very, you become very small. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to say that also, like, when I'm really, like, disconnected and I feel like I'm completely shut, like, yeah. from, from the yeah. outside. I can't hear, I can't focus on other people or outside. Yeah. Like, I just hear my thoughts. And when I'm way more connected, then I, I'm very more present. Yeah. And I feel like I'm connected with, like, the outer world. We can describe that as the open mind oh. and the closed mind. Yeah. Because the closed mind, you, I mean, what you just described is, is everything's closed down. Yeah. It's all about me. It's all about me and about me, yeah. and me, 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 me. And then when we have an open mind, oh, anything's possible. Yeah. You mm -hmm. feel the, the, the love, the kindness in the world. When I'm shut down, I only see what's wrong yeah yeah physically nice yeah, so that's so you can physically feel the difference of an open mind and a closed mind so when we listen to this you know we'll remember yeah when i'm feeling like this my mind is closed god can you help me and that's when i can redirect and, and ask god like it's teaching in in that amazing book that uh, Helena brought. Yeah, How to Talk to God. Because I, I'm like, oh my God, I, my mind is covered. Shout out to Mark R. Thank you, Mark R. <laughs> Thanks God for, for having Mark R. in our lives. Yeah, thank you God, thank you God. <laughs> but, but you know, we can, we, that's where, how I learned to talk to my higher power is I, I pay attention. I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so close down with me. God can help me help my mind to be with you. Can you help me feel your power? Because my power feels yucky. I feel sick when I'm with the power of me. And we start noticing and paying attention to when we feel sick and when we don't feel sick. Then that's when we know when we're the right power. And and the thing is, uh, if I if, if I'm feeling arrogant or, or too big for my braces or superior, I, I'm I'm with the wrong power. I'm with the wrong power. Okay. Uh, I'll keep reading. I'll read loud enough for you. Um, AA still very much in its infancy was celebrating a third and fourth anniversary of one of the groups. The speaker immediately preceding me told in detail of the efforts of his local group, which consisted of two men to get him to dry up and become its third member. After several months of vain efforts on their part and repeated nose dives on his, the speaker went on to say, Finally, I got cut down to size and have been sober ever since. So that sort of surrender induces that we become right size. We no longer have to be better than or less than. We become right size, and, and, and we're, we're okay there. Gee, my ego 
either has to feel better than or less than, superior or inferior. It can't feel right size because it doesn't want to be one of the common folk. It wants to be special. <clears throat> it was perfectly clear he had utterly amazed that he had said anything which made sense to a psychiatrist. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, 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 Finally got down to size and have been sober ever since. A matter of some two or three years. When my turn came to speak, I used his phrase, cut down the size as a text around which to weave my remarks. Before long, out of the corner of my eye, I became conscious of a discerning stare. It was coming from the previous speaker. It was perfectly clear he was utterly amazed that he had said anything which made sense to a psychiatrist. The incident showed that two people, one approaching the matter clinically and the other relying on his own intuitive report of what had happened to him, both came up with the exact the same observation, the need for ego reduction. Uh, it is common knowledge that a return of the full-fledged ego can happen at any time. That's our danger. Mm -hmm. Years of sobriety are no insurance about its resurgence. That's why we must treat this every day. That's why I must surrender the power of me and say, no, I'm, that's what it tells me in the book. I say to myself all through the day, I constantly, I am not, I am no longer running the show. And when I say I'm no longer running the show, I'm saying my ego and my alcoholism are no longer running the show. They are not the power of my life. The power of my life is, is, a, is a, a power greater than me that has all those beautiful spiritual principles, and that's the woman I want to be today. I don't want to be, be the, the jealous, arrogant, judgmental um, character that I brought in. Uh, no AAs, regardless of their veteran status, can ever relax their guard against a reviving ego. Reviving ego. So, so it's telling me right here, good news and bad news. The bad news is, okay, I have to pay attention to this stuff, so I have to make an effort because this ego is never going to go away. I must treat my alcoholism every day. When I first get sober, I think, oh, my God, my life is ruined. This is my life now, watching my mind and, and treating my alcoholism. Right, right, right. It's just horrible. But the good news is, the good news is. Yes, I'll be. <laughs> I can't wait. The more, the more. You want to become a new character that is happy, joyous, and free, and full of ease and comfort the more you keep trying this thing. Because it takes effort, because all of my life I've been going back, my default setting is to go to that, that negative fault flying mind. So I have to build a new habit. And it, 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 it's, okay, I like you says, you know, when a rocket ship leaves the gravitational pull. It uses 90% of its energy to get out of the gravitational pool. But once it's out of it, yeah, it to the that's bar. what, that's what working AA is like. The first 
part of it because none of it makes sense and that's why it tells me to have an open mind and just try it anyway instead of debating that it's going to work and then I, 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 use, I use the same metaphor I say like my bed is like a gravitational your field. bed is what? my, my bed is like yes. a gravitational field yeah. <laughs> that I pass by and I go under the bed and I stay there under the blanket being miserable because I cannot, you know. Because you don't know, because you're not in practice. I know, I'm starting, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's what happens. We have to start practicing, and guess what? I got really angry so many times that this thing wasn't working fast enough. <laughs> Could be that sister. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, I remember all this stuff. It wasn't working fast enough, and why do I have to do all this stuff? And then, and then. Same with me. I really yeah. wanted to punch Texas face. What <laughs> the hell? Boom. Yeah. And it's very upsetting because you realize nobody else can do this for you, that you must do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, once again, it's just like, but I don't want it's like, okay, well, then stay miserable. What are my choices? I do this, even if I don't want to, or I stay miserable. Which do I want? Because if I'm not going to... For me, it depends on the day. Well, the thing is, okay, but, but the thing is, eventually, you're going to get tired of it. You know, like, like even to this day, like, like I, I got 32 years and some change uh, uh, under my belt. But even to this day, every once in a while... I wake up and I and I allow myself to be hateful, not grateful, because it's there. And I'm just like, you know, fuck this shit, nanny, nanny. I'm not gonna be grateful. And so and so, but do you know how long? Because I've been practicing this for so long, and I know I just have to get the yucky out. So I allow myself to be hateful. Okay, go ahead, God. We're gonna be hateful for a few minutes, and, and, but it only takes like two minutes. And I'm bored with it. Okay, done there. I'm tired of being hateful. I let my little inner brat have its way. Have your little tantrum. Have your little hateful tantrum. And then, and and then, but but the the great thing is, I get so bored with that now. Because the thing is, it's like, okay, you've had your say. Now let's do our gratitude list. Yeah, let's let's. I'm so grateful that's over. You know, and, but but I'm so grateful that I learned not to beat myself up if I feel hateful that day, because it's part of who I am in that moment. So I talked to God about it. God, I feel so hateful today. God's like, well, go ahead and get it out of your system. I really like when I started working with Isa. I was so annoyed that she kept telling me to go to God. I was like, why don't you tell me what to do? <laughs> <laughs> like that's not the solution. Like, can you not give me an instruction? That'll piss off. And it but, took but, me a while to get what what yeah. it meant. And now you've got an instruction manual there yeah. that can take you even closer to that God. Because how do I talk to God? Well, I just talk to God. Yeah. How would I talk to a new person in my life? I just talk to them. I get to know them. Eventually, I trust them. Step three is asking me to, to turn my will and my life over to a new manager. Well, unless I get to know that manager, how do I know I want that power as my manager unless I start talking to that power and see, and eventually I trust it, and I'm like, you're hired. <laughs> Build that relationship. Build that relationship. 
get to know that power, talk to that power. Because, see, I, I, I used to say, how do you talk to God? Well, you just talk to him like, like I would you. Hi, how are you doing today? Isaac told me that. Yeah. Yeah, Isaac told me, I start to talk to your higher power. Yeah, it's like, you know what? I, I'm so glad you're here for me to talk to you so I don't have to listen to that self-talk because I don't want to run the show anymore, you know? And I'll just have a conversation like that all, all day with my higher power. It's like, I'm so glad I don't have to run the show anymore. But, see, it takes practice. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, yesterday I was talking to a guy, uh, another fellow, and I told him it's super difficult for me to 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 do this two-way prayer because it feels stupid for me because it's all intellectual. I mean, it's like me talking to with myself. But he told me keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And today I asked my I do the two-way prayers first for for. One thing and the other was to please God help me to fold the socks because I fold <laughs> socks. Help me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, child, I will help you. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, see, the I'm thing trying. is, the thing is, a lot of people do two-way prayer, but see, I do it all day long, all day long, all day long, all day long, all day long. Talk, 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 talk listen, talk, listen, talk, listen, talk. See, I can't just do it in the morning and at night. Yeah, that's why my mind is not shutting up either. That's why that's why I can't do the two way for I mean I do the two way for all day long. Well, I don't write it down. Sometimes I write it down. It depends on where I'm at in my in my recovery that day. But but I can't just do two way prayer in the morning and then run the show all day. Look, I did my two way prayer, I talked to God. It's been like nearly an hour. So maybe just a time check. What do you want to do? You want to? Uh, uh, does anybody here have to be anywhere? Should I should I hurry this along? I actually don't have to be anywhere. I'm not in a hurry. I just have to check my phone though. Check your Maybe phone. Maybe we can do like a, a very short break. Okay, if you'd like to. Okay, I'm gonna stop it. It just, um, yeah. Yeah, maybe a quick pause. Yeah. yeah. Quick pause, huh? But because you said the reading would be for two hours, yeah. I just wanted to... Uh, yeah, yeah I guess I'm taking too long. Correct. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. So, as we said, that even the veteran status cannot relax their guard against the reviving ego, the function of surrender in AA is now clear. It produces that stopping by causing the individual to say, I quit. I surrender. I give up on my headstrong ways. I've learned my lesson. But how many times do we say that? And then, you know, have to learn our lesson again. Very often, for the first time in that individual's adult career, he has encountered the necessary discipline that halts him in his headlong pace. Actually, he is lucky to have with him the capacity to surrender. It is that which differentiates him from the wild animals round. <laughs> and this happens because we can surrender and truly feel. Thy will, not mine, be done. 
Unfortunately, that ego will return unless the individual learns to accept a disciplined way of life, which means I must wake up and apply these steps from the moment I wake up. I must talk to that higher power. I must follow that 10 and 11, those simple instructions in that book if I want to have a surrendered day and not be the one in charge. Um, which means the tendency towards ego comeback is permanently checked. The only way ego can be permanently checked is moment to moment to moment to moment to moment to moment. That's why we learn to practice this moment to moment to moment. It takes some time and some effort, but we love it. <laughs> and we will be patient with you. When you get annoyed and you don't want to do this anymore, we will be there to encourage you. Or if you. you want to punch my face. Yeah, we'll be there to encourage that you don't punch, punch your face. Don't give me any but, yeah. <laughs> Follow her direction. You know, if you want to punch her face, she's learned to put her hand up. So, you, know. you have practice, right? Yeah. <laughs> we teach each other here. <laughs> this is not news to AA members. They have learned that a single surrender is not enough. Under the wise leadership of AA's founding fathers, the need for continued endeavor to maintain that miracle of surrender has been steadily stressed. The 12 steps urge repeated inventories, not just one, and the 12th step is in itself a routine reminder that one must work at preserving sobriety. Moreover, it is referred to as 12-step work, which is exactly what it is. By that time, the miracle it's for the other person. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was a little introduction by Harry Kibo. The 12 steps is an ego deflating device. Thank you, uh, And now we're going to go straight into the ego factors in surrender, in alcoholism. Um, and, and I'm just going to go under the titles. This first title is Introduction. In the past 15 years, and, and, I, and I will be telling you what I underlined and circled, and, and you can underline and circle what I suggest or underline and circle what you like. It, you know, there are no rules here. In the, in the past 15 years, my understanding of the nature of alcoholism as a disease has been influenced greatly by insight into the mechanisms at work in the Alcoholics Anonymous process. Some years ago, I stated that AA, I underlined this, to succeed must induce a surrender on the part of the individual. More recently, I discussed the idea of underlying compliance acting as a barrier to that circle, real acceptance, which a, and I circled, surrender produces. Uh, Tex, I have a question. Yes. Because of the compliance versus surrender thing. Um, so what is your thought on 
I mean, for example, I started out recovery definitely more in compliance than surrender. Is yeah. that a, is that a way of getting to the real deal, to the surrender? So do you see this as like this is how we start? <coughs> do you encourage to be like, nope, you always have to be in full surrender right away? Well, the thing is, we can't force this surrender on our own power. It's, it's we have to be aware of this. We have to be aware of our thoughts. We have to be aware of why we're doing things. Here's a good one. Uh, which I said I wouldn't sidetrack, but I think this is helpful. That's okay. Um, for instance, for instance, uh, sometimes I find myself doing my gratitude list in compliance, just to get it off the list. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do a gratitude list today, so I'm going to do it and get it off the list. But when I'm doing it, I feel nothing. Mm. That is compliance. Mm. That is just getting it off the list. So when I find myself in that situation, this is how I bring in that, that power and the spirituality. I notice, ah, I'm not feeling this at all. That I have hot and cold running water. And so I go back to the top of the list. And I go, I spend a moment and I go, my first gratitude, hot and cold running water. And then I open my mind, instead of just being in a rush, in a hurry to get this done, I think about, wow, when I'm in the shower and I have that hot running water over my body, it's amazing. And when when it's hot outside and I want a cold drink, a, a, a cold water out of the tap, I can have that cold water. And I start thinking about how grateful and, and I, I feel the gratitude. But when I'm in compliance, I'm just doing it. Okay, yeah, hot and cold water, electricity. Blah, blah. Now, if I stop and I think, I mean, because my mind just stopped me and said, oh, electricity. I love being able to turn lights on. I love being able to recharge my phone and my, you know, I see where my mind takes me when I'm not in compliance. I'm thinking about how, how it feels. To have that electricity, to have Isa's WhatsApp. I mean, come on. I mean, aren't you grateful that you have your sponsors and your sponsees' WhatsApp numbers? And I mean, can't you feel feel that? So, so when I'm in compliance, I'm just taking things for granted because I'm supposed to do it, but I'm not getting any results. So I have to stop and I have to ask God, can you help me feel what this means? You know? Experience. Does that help? Yes, thank you. Okay, and, and, and here what we just read, it says real acceptance, which is surrender produces. You see, when I'm in compliance, I'm not really accepting what's going on. Like, my ego is accepting it because, okay, it, it put that person in surrender, but, but my ego's like, I'll wait. I'll wait. Because unless it's a real acceptance that they can't drink anymore, they'll drink again because I'll wait, and then I will convince them again. Hmm. You know, so they have to be in real acceptance. That's why when I when I do these prayers, and I know I'm getting off track again, but it's helpful information. For instance, for instance, I used to I, when I read any of these prayers now, 
I might read them at a meeting, okay, here's the, the serenity prayer, blah, 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 blah. But if I go home and I think about what each sentence means, I stop at the end of each one, and I think about what does that mean? What does it, the, except the, uh, uh, I, I can't remember the, the, the prayer. Sure. Uh, there we go, except the things I cannot change. I stop and I think about that. Do I just rush through this and, and, and with compliance accept the things I cannot change? Or can I really accept the things I, I cannot change? And, and can I feel that acceptance? Because it becomes a big feeling, uh, a, a third step prayer. Relieve me from the bondage of self. How does it feel when I'm all wrapped up and tied in me? It's it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm going to ask my higher power to relieve me of that bond. And also, in that third step prayer, was asking me, uh, help me get through my difficulties. Not not so that I can get through my difficulties. That's that's not what it says in that line to me. Maybe it says it to you. I don't know. Everybody has to think about what it means to them. But, but help me get through these difficulties. Why? So I may bear witness to others of your love and your power and your way of life. So I'm, I'm asking God to help me get through my difficulties to show others you can rely on that power to help you through your difficulties. Because if you just noticed, God helped me get through my difficulties. So I'm not doing it because I want God to help me through my difficulties, even though that, that is nice. But it, it's to bear witness to others of his power. And, and, and when I when I think about each of these, I just got goosebumps. I think about each of these lines and what they what it means to me. I get so filled up spiritually. It's not just words on paper anymore. It means something to me. I can ask myself, Am I able to really accept the situation the way it is? Because you see, I'm a good liar. I lie to myself all the time. I, and, and I have to start seeing where I lie because, because, you know, part of this program is being completely honest. I don't know how to be completely honest. Because I catch myself lying to myself. Sure, I can accept that. But then if I stop and ask God, do I really accept that? Then I can have a conversation with that power. Do I really accept that? Wow, I do. I could accept that this other person is like this and I don't want to change them because I can't change them. It's not my job to change anybody or to decide what's good for them and not good for them. It's not, it's, it's not my job. That's God's job and that's their personal experience with God's relationship. You see, I, my, my, my personal relationship is start paying attention to what I'm doing. How I'm acting, how I want to be treated, doing to others as I would have them do unto me. Well, I don't like being told what to do, so don't tell other people what to do. You can make suggestions in a loving, kind way. That's different than putting demands on people. So, so I, I learned a whole new way of life and a whole new way to approach that, that power by, by, by slowing down 
and asking what does that sentence mean to me? Is it true? Can I accept that? And that's a game changer. So that's my suggestion to people on having real acceptance, real surrender. Am I really surrendering or am I just, uh, am I in, in compliance? Am I just going along with it? And I find that when I first got sober, I was in a lot of compliance because I was trying to have that open mind and do things that I hadn't done before. And, you know, that, they, they always use that fake it till you make it thing. And the thing mm. is, yeah, but this is a program of honesty. Now they're telling me to fake it till I make it. You know, and so I was confused and debating and, you know, wanting to be right. And, <sighs> you know, it's exhausting to be me at the, when I first get sober because I want to be right. I want, I, I, I don't want to be told anything. I'm, so you don't fake it till you make it? Well, the thing is, uh, I had no choice to keep doing this stuff even though I didn't know if it would work. So to me, that was faking it till I made it. But lie about something just to lie about it? Nah. That, that fake, fake that until I make it? No, I would go talk to my sponsor and say, you know, this, I've been trying to fake it till I make it in this situation. What, what's going wrong? Because that's why I need a, a sponsor to, to describe to me uh, how I can do this without having to fake it. Because Ethan would tell you to go to God, but you know, uh, so would I. But, but the thing is, that's, that's where our relationship with that power comes in, is, is I don't have to, and I had to fake it till I made it with that. Because when I first started talking to my higher power, I'm just like, you know what, I'm doing this because of step two. An open mind, and I, and I want to be a scientist, and these AAers, that it seems to work for them. I want to see if it'll work for me. I don't know if you're there. I don't know if I believe in you. I don't know what you got. Are you going to show me what you got? They tell me I could ask you to help me. Are you going to help me? I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to start talking to you like I would a, a, a new person I'm meeting to see if I can get to know you and to see if you're even there. And and the, and the thing is, I just noticed... I wasn't listening to myself talking mine for the last 45 seconds because I was talking to you. Wow. That's kind of cool. Maybe I'll talk to you more because, because I couldn't hear that, that self-talking critical mind. Huh. So, you know, see what I mean? I mean, you do things and you see if it works and you get to know that power because I already know this power. It's kind of destroying me. Uh, 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 the first question, what factors of the individual must surrender? And circle that word must. When we see a must, that means must. We see, uh, sorry, the, I propose to extend my observations by discussing a... Oh, okay. Uh, okay. On, on this occasion, I propose to extend my observations by discussing A, what factors in the individual must surrender, and B, how the surrender reaction changes the inner psychic picture. So... The first question, what factors in the individual must, circle must, surrender, receive passing attention in the article on compliance? Um, there, relative to the difficulty of surrender, 
I noted that underlined the presence of an apparently circle unconquerable ego became evident. It was circle this ego which had to become humble. The first part of the present communication will be devoted to an elaboration of the, the nature of this ego factor. Now, this really bothered me because how can my ego become humble? Because I have never heard of a humble ego. <laughs> Correct? Would, does, does that, yeah, does that, that kind of confuse you also? Yes. That it says here, that that what we must do is is that this ego which has to become humble I'm like but doesn't it just like is it the way I would understand this is like the ego does the job that it's supposed to do which is just the thinking when it's actually supposed to think and not like ruling my life not being a superior and yes. inferior so yeah that's true work that it's actually useful for and not like taking over that's, everything there you go so how do we do that and eventually at the end of this this, this section it'll tell me about my higher power that that that's how that's how I, I achieve a humble ego is when I see my superior or inferior ego crop up that's step in when I'm watching for these things and they crop up I go to my higher power and ask for it to be removed in that moment because then I become humble then I become right size and that is that that's that that's a that's a humble ego the right-sized ego. Because we, we can't completely get rid of the ego, but we can go to the higher power and ask it to remove my superior or inferior egoic thoughts. To stay in the God zone. The God zone. <laughs> we got the God zone. Ego zone is above the God zone. Superior or below the God zone. Inferior. <laughs> but the right size is the God zone. <laughs> or you can call it the ease and comfort zone. Yeah. The sunlight of the spirit zone. The happy zone. Uh, broad yeah. highway zone. The broad highway zone. That's right. So use of the word ego involves Oh, did I, did I finish that? Yes, I did. Uh, uh, use of the word ego involves always the possibility of confusion of meaning. For a time, therefore, I consider a substitute term. That idea was set aside because despite possible misinterpretation, the word ego is current in everyday language in exactly the sense in which it will be employed in this discussion. Now we're going to do some underline. Underline the rest of this paragraph. The expression, he has, and I circled, an inflated ego, is self-explanatory. It evokes the picture of a pompous, see if you relate to any of these definitions. Pompous, self-important, strutting individual whose inferiorities are masked by a surface assurance. Such a person appears thick-skinned, insensitive, nearly impervious to the existence of others, a completely self-centered individual 
who plows unthinkingly through life because it's all about me, sir, me, intent on gathering unto himself all the comforts and satisfactions available. He is generally considered, circle, the epitome of selfishness. And there the matter rests. Mm-hmm. Does anybody relate to this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, somehow. You see, until I had these words in front of my face, I didn't know what described what adjectives were in an ego, and that's why I couldn't see them myself because my ego did not want me to to be hip to these adjectives. No, you're nice, son. You're sweet. It had me so fooled. It had me so fooled. I didn't know I was a self-seeker. I didn't know I wanted all the comforts for me. I didn't know, you know. I didn't know. Until these papers. And then I'm like, damn. Oh, my God. And I put a little uh, bracket around what we underlined, and I put fourth column of fourth step, because these words come in really handy when I get stumped. Because when I first did my first fourth step, I, I didn't have any uh, description of, of character defects, because my ego wouldn't give me that. Now, after I read this, I realized, oh, I can make a list of these and, and use that to help determine what my... Uh, what, what my character defects are, and, and we'll get to another, uh, on the next page, uh, we'll, we'll be uh, put a bracket around another group of words that, that totally helped me, and I, I pass those down to my sponsees because I know that if I had trouble seeing, oh, controlling? I, I couldn't even see where I was controlling. Contro- I'm just trying to help them. You know, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't know trying to run the show and control everybody. I didn't know that was a character defect. <laughs> I was just trying to be helpful. I don't want it. That's what my mind was telling me. I knew better than they do. Yeah, yeah. Helping them. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you mad at me? <laughs> when they're like, don't tell me what to do. Uh, so, so I start learning about this stuff. Oh, really? Oh, well. I didn't, I didn't realize I was controlling. This popular view of ego, while it may not have scientific foundation, has one decided value. It possesses a meaning and can convey a concept which the average person can grasp. So being the average person, I can start grasping this out. Um, thank you, Tebow. Uh, underline the con- this concept of the inflated ego recognizes the common ancestor of a whole series of traits, namely that they are all manifestations of an underlying feeling state in which personal considerations are first and foremost. Yep. So I, the I come first. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I think I'm helping you, it's about me. It's about me. Yeah. It's about about you uh, doing what I want you to do. Yeah. It's the underlying feelings, and it's happening yes. in the subconscious. Yes. And that's why we get resentments. Hmm. It's my ego that gets hurt. 
It's because they didn't do what I wanted them. They didn't treat me the way I wanted them to treat me. They they weren't behaving the way I thought they should behave towards me. And the thing is, when I start looking at all my old uh, resentments, I'm just like, wow, queen baby. I, I want to run this. I want them to be who I want them to be to please me. And they didn't me. I'm so sensitive. No, I'm not. I'm an asshole. <laughs> I want everybody to treat me a certain way because I'm special. I think that also really interestingly relates to this, like, um, wanting, um, what was it? The wanting to feel different. To have, like, always feeling good with, which was, what was the word, wording? All the comforts and yes. satisfaction available. You don't comfort and satisfy me, yeah. then off with your head. Yeah. Because yeah. your everyone else's job is to comfort me. That's like, right. A relation. So like, if somebody has needs and I don't want to meet them and they don't like that, why don't you comfort me? That's I, I find that is interesting. That relates really well to that. And that's why we start watching what my mind is telling me, because you see, I don't see all I don't see all this stuff. It's everybody else that's wrong. I can fault, find fault, find fault, find blame, 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 because Her Majesty cannot see I'm a self-centered brat and that I that I want everyone to serve me but I don't consider their feelings at all but boy you better consider mine because I'm so sensitive it's all about me but I don't consider that I'm hurting your feelings because that's my job is to hurt your feelings <laughs> and your job to make sure I feel great all the time. Yeah, so we start seeing all this about ourselves, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Thank you, Tivo. So the existence of this ego has long been recognized, but a difficulty in terminology still remains. Part of the difficulty arises from the use of the word ego in psychiatric and psychological circles to designate those elements of the psyche which are supposed to circle, rule psychic life. Because, you know, in, in our program we said that we have to have a psychic change. Uh, and this part, it's just like, I don't really care what Freud thinks. It's, it's like, let's get down to the meat and the potatoes of how my ego affects me. Uh, so, but I'm going to read it anyway. Freud divides mental life, and I circled mental life, into three major subdivisions. Circle the id, the ego, and the superego. The first, which is oh, the first, which I circled, underlined, he stated, contains the feeling of life on a deep instinctual level. The third, and I circled the third, because it's the third, and, and it would be the superego, is occupied by the conscience, conscious, we're conscious of it, whose function is to put brakes on the impulses arising with the id. So the id might be wanting to do something, and then and then the the superego consciously decides whether you should do that or not. And it tells me here, underline the ego should circle should. This is what the ego should act as mediator between the demands of the id and the restraints of the superego, which might be overzealous and bigoted. So it's supposed to be be the gatekeeper there 
But instead, it becomes the power, and, and it, it starts running the show on all its own in a, in a very selfish, self-centered way. Freud's own research was concerned mainly with the activities of the id and the superego. The void he left with respect to the ego is one that his followers are endeavoring to feel, but as yet with no generally accepted conclusion. Now, I have my theory on this because Freud was uh, supposedly a, a cocaine addict, and, <laughs> and, 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 and once we get further along this paper, it, it tells Freud's uh, view of the world as it's being dark and that man's always going to suffer. It'll, it'll say that here. So as I can see, I can see why he didn't want to <laughs> deal with the ego because his disease didn't want him to, his ego didn't want him to look at the ego because, you know, he, he, he didn't, he didn't understand his disease at that time. So of course he's just like, well, let's just talk about the, in the super ego. Let's not talk about the ego because I'm plagued with it. So, you know, of course, he didn't want to. He was always like either above or below. He's never in the middle. Freud. Yeah. Yeah. See, so he was he was one of us, but he needed to wait a few years, or Bill needed to be born a little bit younger to help Freud out here. That would have been interesting, huh? To have Freud in our rooms learning about ego. <laughs> Maybe he is just as a new. Yeah. Maybe he's channeling through through Tebow. Uh, so ego by two definitions. The word ego, however, has been preempted by the psychiatrists and psychologists, although they do not always agree among themselves about the meaning to be attached to it. The resulting confusion is the more lamentable because circle almost everyone because that means almost everyone uh, <laughs> laymen are right Maria? yeah I guess yeah. almost everyone means almost everyone yeah, laymen are whether you're a layman or a scientist would agree on the concept of the inflated ego it would be helpful if other terms were found for the ego concepts about which there are differing views. The solution for this dilemma, according to Thibault, will be, indica be to indicate with a capital E the big ego. So when he's talking about our, our, our ego and our, and our disease, he's going to have the capital E going. We're not just on the everyday uh, lower e, small lowercase ego. We're on the uppercase ego concerning our disease and, and our thought life. And without a capital to identify the personality aspect which Freud had in mind when he placed ego between id and superego. So the big ego with the capital E is the troublemaker ego we're going to be focusing on. With this disposition of the problem of terminology, it is now possible to consider the first issue, namely, let's circle the big ego factors in the alcoholic, underlying which, circle, through surrender, become humble, circle, become humble. So here's where we're going to start looking at how through surrender, our big ego can become humble. But first we know, we need to know what the big ego is.
the, the capital E ego, which we will right now uh, underline this entire paragraph. The concept of the enlarged big ego, as noted previously, is available to common observation. Those who do not recognize it in themselves can always circle, <laughs> circle always, because always is always, see it in others, in some member of their family, or among friends, or acquaintances, or AA members, uh, especially, uh, <laughs> not to mention... Patience. So he's even saying, even he, as a doctor, he can see the ego and his patience more than he can see it himself. That's why we work together. That's All right. Along. Yeah. So everyone knows egotistical people and can't see it in themselves and has a perfectly clear idea of what the word means. And the only reason I could see it in others is because I actually have it in myself. Because if I wasn't familiar with it, how could I see it in you? He's but you see, got it. yeah. <laughs> but you see, my mind, my mind doesn't want to go there because I'd rather just see it in you because I have a fault plenty mind that can blame everything on you, 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 you. It's the way you're behaving. It's not my behavior. Okay, so. Um, <clears throat> Besides egotistical and the series of words mentioned earlier that we 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 put a bracket around for our first fourth column, uh, adjectives which help to round out the portrait. So here's our next batch of adjectives that we can use in our fourth column of the fourth step of the egotistical person are, and I circled each one of these because I had to ask if 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 I if I was familiar with these and me. Prideful, check. Arrogant, check. Yep. Pushing, check. Dominating, yep. Attention seeking, yep. Aggressive, yes. What? Opinionated, headstrong, stubborn, no. <laughs> Determined oh. and impatient. Never, never, ever. <laughs> so that's why I suggest everybody there. I can send you the list that I put together uh, through email Yay. with all of these listed already, and you can add too because this certainly is not a complete list of character defects. But boy, it was so helpful with me because I think there's about like between this page and the last one, there's about 20 of them. And then I added a few of my own, uh, you know, and I continue to add them because it doesn't matter how long I'm sober. Um, you know, as people say, time doesn't matter, but it's what you do with your time. And, and the thing is, I, I pay attention to what my mind tells me. I pay attention to perhaps new character defects that I can name now and I can add to that list. So, so you know, my, my, my theory is never stop. Just keep, just keep an open mind and keep looking and keep paying attention to what's cropping up. Um, and so then it says, all, let's circle that word all, it's telling me, uh, 
to underline this, all these terms are inadequate, however, because they describe only surface features without conveying any feeling, circle feeling of the, and let's circle, inner essence from which the ego springs. So these are just words that describe my behavior where the inner feeling of the inner essence of the feeling is I either feel superior or inferior. Would you say that that inner, like the, the feeling of the inner essence from which the ego springs also means like the fear that drives every of these defects? Absolutely. Yeah. Because we learned that in the seventh step in the 12 and 12 that, that underneath every character defect is a fear. fear. Yeah. And we learned from uh, the Chuck Chamberlain book, New Pair of Glasses, he says that the character defects are the children of the ego. Mm -hmm. So that all, you see how that, that all those dots connect, all of this is working together. My fears bumping off these, because my, my, my ego will get riled up and, and create, cause me to get angry, but why am I angry? I ask myself. See, I've learned to stop, pause, and ask myself, why am I angry? What's the fear underneath that? Ah. Oh, They're not doing what I want them to do. They told me no. Of course I'm angry. Her Majesty's angry. So I get to see Her Majesty more often when I, when something crops up and I'm like, ah, there's a fear underneath that character defect. God, what is it? Help me see it. Help me see it. And then I see that and I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much, God, for showing me that, that this fear created this character defect and that that's my ego and and that I'm feeling either superior or inferior and 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 once you practice this it happens quickly at first it's kind of like wow oh god you know I got angry again I don't know why well ask yourself what was I afraid of what happened you know they didn't do what I wanted them to do That's why I get mad. You know, baby didn't get her way. Oh, there's her magic to the baby. Oh, my God, that's what they're talking about. I was being a queen, baby. You know, and then I guess get to start accepting that and going like, thank you so much, God, for showing me that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, I thank God all the time for showing me, me. And, and it's just like, wow. Mm -hmm. But do, you, do you think this is like this ego that is always like entitled or like less that is also compensating for just an, a just a default setting that we feel like we're not good enough or that absolutely like, this, like, this whole like the, the fear is just like this the, the the soil is the fear and everything that grows out of this is just like absolutely the entitlement and the not being enough. yeah it's, it's, it's all it's, stems from that oh yeah. Comes and there's a garden of Absolutely. And, and being that selfish, self centered thing, it's just like, what about me, me, me? I'm the one, me, me. Yeah, you know, but, but I'm afraid that you're not gonna like me. Yeah. So, you know, and, and so it, it all just starts. No wonder I wanted to kill myself with this mind that wasn't giving me, letting me have any peace. For anybody who still has that, 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 self-talk that says I'm not good enough, I'm a loser, da 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 I'll tell you how I finally stopped it. 
I stopped and I said, Ah, there you are again. Let's ask God if I'm enough. Let's ask God if I'm a loser. You see, because my self-talk hates it when I bring God into it. Because I said, okay, God, my, my mind is telling me this and it's feeling really bad. Can you help me? Do you think I'm a loser? Do you think I'm enough? And and I can feel God just wrap his arms around me to say, you bet, kid, you're more than enough. You are not a loser. Stick with me. Don't listen to those lies. You see, because those are all lies. Those are the old ideas. Those are all lies. So I, you know, like I love when I hear people sharing a meeting, I'll go up to them and I'll go, your mind's lying to you again mm -hmm. because it's telling you you're no good, you're a loser. Does anybody have the, I'm a loser? <laughs> yeah. Now, I suggest that you find a higher power that, that, that doesn't think you're a loser. I suggest you find a higher power that loves and cares about you and believes in you and is there to back you up. And and, and, and I go to this higher power when I when I try to go to a loving higher power, my mind is just acting up, trying to no, it's a lie, you cannot believe that because you are shit, no? So and it, that's it's really it, oh. that's why you need to you need to really get with your higher power. You need to write down what your higher power is. See, my higher power is loving and caring, and, and patient and, and forgiving and uh, very humble, very mature. Never gets mad at me. Always compassionate, understanding. Carries me through any trouble with grace and dignity when I go to it because. Because it's just like you don't need the drama that your self-talk or the self-hatred that your mind is telling you, oh, God, I made a mistake, I'm a loser, and it's just like go to God and say, God, I did it again. I made a mistake. Can you help me get through this? Can you show me the facts? Because, see, my mind will make up a lot of stories and tell me all this drama where if I ask God to show me the facts, I get a whole different solution. Because I, God can help me be mature, kind, and loving with myself, even if I've made a mistake. Because see, I'm a human. I'm not perfect. We all make mistakes. And that's what, another thing about the fourth step is what I start saying about how, you know, all these people did this to me, that, that. And I start seeing, and I ask myself, have I ever done that to anybody? And I, I go back and I look and I go, yeah. <laughs> and I start seeing that I've treated people the same way that, that I have a resentment of the way they treat me. And I start seeing them and me and me and them. And I start seeing that none of us are perfect. And would I want to be forgiven for when I acted like a jackass? Yeah. I can forgive these people because they're just like me. They're just human beings. They're human beings. Nobody's perfect. And then when next time I make a mistake, I get to talk to God, and God reminds me, there you are, living in your imperfection again. I'm proud of you. I, I, I'll help you through anything. But I'm so glad that you can accept that you aren't perfect. 
And it took me years and years and years to accept that, that I was not perfect. And I expected you to be perfect in my vision of what perfection was. And the thing is, the more I, I start living these steps and I start seeing that everybody involved is a human, like it says in that fourth step, perhaps just like me, this person is spiritually sick. I wouldn't treat a sick person that way. God saved me from getting angry. You know, I, you start applying all of these things that, that, that is so freely given us in, the, in this. But, you know, there's so much there. It's just it's learning to apply it little by little by little, step by step by step by step. But I tell you what, the, the more you pick up on these things, the more you go, ah, dots are connecting. We're all just human beings. And I think it's in the seventh step. It, it says that 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 we're we're all just human beings going through the pains of growing up. And I'm just like, when I when I see somebody acting stupid, and I go, that's what it says. We're all just human beings going through the pains of growing up, and nobody knows exactly. God, if I if I ask God for the direction, I get it. If I try to do it on my own, I don't know how to do anything without God's direction anymore. It is a struggle, and it's in our own power. Yeah, because because I need God to. So I need God to show me the facts and to show me the direction and to keep my mind on watching. Am I with my ego? Or am I with a character defect, a fear, an ego, a, you know, uh, adjective? Am I being arrogant? Am I being judgmental? You know, and, and, and that's where that pause button, you know, where are your pause buttons out? I mean, I've had to reorder so many pause buttons on Amazon, it's not even funny. Because, because it's just like, oh, I'm being judgmental again, pause. God, I'm being judgmental again. Why am I being judgmental? Why do I think I'm better than that person? Why am I, you know, and, and it's just like, oh, just like all human beings, we're all going through that, the, the challenge and, and the pains of growing up. And, and, and brings me back down. So remembering all these little sayings, God saved me from getting angry. Fill in the blank. God saved me from being judgmental. God saved me from being arrogant. So, jealous and fear. Save me, save me, save me. I use that all the time. I get so many visuals, like things that happen in a situation, like all obviously things that you were talking about in your life, and then in my own, and just pictures. And and I see myself here now all the time and I'm like oh am I doing sitting right or am I annoying somebody or just all the time it's like an always constant and, um, and uh, like this thing of loser and um, just all, like also my outer appearance like it's all constant and it's just always shame like this the big and I see it visually Shame? Yeah, like shame and guilt. That's yeah, ego. Yeah. That's ego. It's all ego. It's all ego. That's what my mind is telling me to feel about myself. That I'm not. That I, I I'm a loser. I should be ashamed of what I did. I should feel guilty. I should. I should. I shouldn't be able to forgive myself. You know, it keeps me in that. But that's but, the other part of yeah. like of that. Um, 
What did you say? God's song? Yeah. 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 And and it's also it's also what my mind is telling me about the situation. And it's sick. And and the thing is, in, in the spiritual world, I'm just a sick person trying to get well. I'm just like everybody else. I make mistakes. I am not perfect. I am this. I am that. And what what other people think of me? Uh, well, yeah, if they're an asshole to me, it becomes my business. But the thing is, does God think think of me the way that person that just tore me a new asshole thinks of me? When I go to my higher power and ask my higher power, and my higher power is like, no. Or Sometimes I, I go. I think I deserve it. So I think I just, I deserve that. Something happens. Well, you know what? That's because you have a brain that's lying to you. You have a warped mind that is lying to me. It's telling you old ideas. It's telling you things. That's why you need to ask God. God, is what my mind telling me really true? I'll start talking to your power more. Is what my mind is, t- am I really, should I really kill myself, God? You know, and, and sometimes I'm just like, God, can you just wrap your arms around me and make me feel safe? Make me feel loved? Because my mind is telling me I'm not lovable. My mind is telling me so many things that it's just like, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna die if I keep listening to my mind. Can you help me? I feel like, um, the mind is like all constantly, um, putting value on something. Like you eat it to less or judgment. you eat too much. It's judgment the whole time. Like you see something, you don't just observe something. It's judging the whole time. And this, this God zone, I feel like this is the zone where I just, I can just be, mm-hmm. observe things without yes. any opinion. Any, exactly, opinion. Yeah. And when I go through life, this is like a feeling like I meet somebody and I, and, I, and, and at the same time, I don't, don't do any, um, like opinion about myself. Like I'm not even saying like that I'm a sick person. I'm not. I'm just a person that, that, uh, went through life that was a kid that had certain parents, certain story, and it shaped me. That's totally normal. And, um, I'm, I'm not calling it sick. It's just me. And, um, and then it's the question, do I fit in this society or not? And that society is not sick either. This has a form. And either we come together or not. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when I go through this and always stay in that zone where I don't put any opinion or value on me, then I feel like free. Then I can can and then I can even have a conflict and just feel like, okay, I can just observe and just be objective yeah. about it. Like Okay, what did happen? So two people came together and they had a conflict. What? This is not a big deal. Like that's that's just what yeah. happens. And then I can just look at the both sides more object- objectively. Mm-hmm. But obviously, when I wake up in the morning and I don't do my program, if I don't go to meetings, if I forget about existing, yeah. what really happened? I go through sometimes for weeks where I completely forget that AA exists. Yeah. And. And then my, then all the opinions and all the judging comes back and then I go into the spiral because it makes sense. My ego wants to survive. Yep. It knows me better than anything else. It's in here for, for my whole life. I always say, see, see it as a parasite. And the parasite, I'm the host and this parasite <laughs> wants me to, like, Survive but suffer, so it can be stronger. Yeah. And you see, that's the that's the character that was built 
that brought us to these rooms. And that's why finding that God zone and learning to stay in that God zone is worth a new character with. And I feel even in that God zone, even, I, I start to appreciate my ego. I can even love that. Parasite yes. for teaching yes. me. Thanks yes. for, for yes. showing me. Yes. Because when it acts out, when yes. it's manifesting in my life, then I get to have it as a savior and just be like, oh, this is not my cue to go to God. Yeah. It's like, yeah. thank you so much for showing me my ego right now. Yeah. Instead of, I'm such a horrible person and yeah. I'm taking yeah. it to my yeah. own yeah. hands and then act like I'm God who made me God and torture myself and self-flagellate. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why God is really important. It's like, go to God. God couldn't would if he were so. Yeah. I also it's so funny because uh, it's, it's the power of my, my mind power disease that tells me I, I should be perfect. God mm-hmm. has not once. Yeah asked me to be perfect or expected me to be perfect and helps me love myself as I am. So you're you're just in the process of seeing your character you brought in and now you can see that with the power greater than you, you can build a new character that doesn't pick on you. With no reference to the old. Yeah. Eventually, you have no reference to the old. You'll just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's my ego telling me I'm no good. But God, you know, I can go to God. God, tell me again I'm okay. And God will always tell me I'm okay. Because it is that character. And and you see, that's why I said that that, that my, my disease outgrew the power of alcohol being able treat it because my mind just started it was attacking so much and, and alcohol's like you know what too big of a job for me to treat your alcoholism anymore I can't do it uh, because my mind and, and, and it's like Bob Anderson says it's not the world and it's people it's not even me mm. It's what my mind <clears throat> tells me. And the thing is, we learn in step one that I have a warped mind that tells me things about you, about me, about how the world is run, and and it thinks it knows everything, but it's afraid of everything, yet, uh, you know, I mean, as, as Freud will describe it later in, in his untreated addiction, how how man is just meant to be suffering and miserable, you know, because that's what my mind tells me. Yeah, but I also find, like, it's very interesting because when I'm in my head, it's trying to really be this child again. I don't want to take responsibility. I don't want to be, you know, like, because my, when I, I have, like, I have this all the time. I'm not even going to pretend it's not like that, but I always take my power back. And when I yeah, do, yeah. it's like, um, so for example, oh my God, this was a few weeks ago. I didn't have a good day because I overate or something. So I felt full of shame. So I'm not good enough. I don't look good. Nobody's going to love me. I'll always be alone. And then because I felt ashamed of not being the best in recovery, A plus in recovery, I didn't tell anyone because I wanted to pretend that I'm the best in recovery. Uh-huh. So I didn't call Isa. Instead, I just kept trying to fix myself or like to just wait for it to pass. And then eventually I just 
took my bike, wanted to go to a meeting, and I thought my mind was telling me just just don't stop at the red light, just wait until the car runs you over. And that was like three days. And I know, but that was not like that. That was yeah. also showing me the 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 infantileness because it's like mm-hmm. I'm I know I it's like I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect, but that sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like kind of like I don't want to take responsibility for just making a mistake. Instead, I'm just dwelling on how shitty I am and how this and that. And instead of just going into action, being like, okay, you know what? I don't feel great. My mind is telling me shit. I'll call my sponsor. No big deal. Instead of that, I'm like. Do you, do you remember your feeling when you did call me then? How, you know? The, you mean that, that, that I was that so ashamed again? No, but then the relief. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like, oh my god, you're the, we're all the same. We have this exactly. disease. It's like, it's not a big deal. I was making it so big in my head too, that yeah. I was making mistakes. And that I didn't feel good about myself. But then Isa was just like, yeah, I've been there, you know? People right. were like, yeah, and... It's hard to admit that we're not perfect yeah. to our egoic power. But that's, I find so interesting with this, like, that it's talking about, like, how it's kind of childish, but then also, like, uh, I'm the queen, I have to be perfect, but then yeah. also I'm not able to take responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's when I'm with the power, and that's why I must hit that pause button. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm cray-cray again. <laughs> yeah. Um... Unless. Sorry, this was a long answer. Yeah. 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 Oh, 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 it's at the top of my page. All these terms are inadequate, however, because they describe only surface... Okay, that's what we were talking about, from which the big ego springs. Unless some appreciation for the source of the ego, and I circled that, the source of the ego, is gained, the dynamic import is lost, and the term may seem merely a form of name-calling. Underlined, it is easy to say someone has a big ego without awareness of what is really happening in the deep layers of that person's mind. Without perception of the big ego. Nor is it a matter of intellect. Underline the need here is to lay hold of, circle the inner feeling elements, underline under, under which, and circle the activity of the ego rests. The inner feeling elements which the activity of the ego rests. Underline, only when these elements become clear can the fundamental basis of the e- big ego also be clarified. What does that mean? We'll get to it. Okay. It will, it will explain. It is convenient for the exposition of this <laughs> inner functioning to reverse the usual sequence and to present a conclusion in advance of the evidence of which it is based. Underline, this is briefly that circle, the big ego, is made up of the underlying persisting elements 
in the adult psyche of the original nature of the child. See, that's how we can start seeing uh, these elements become clear and clarified when we see them in action. And that's why it's going to start showing us what we're going to be looking for and the fundamental uh, uh, elements of of the, the, the psyche of a child. And see, we bring those elements into our adult life. And that's why it's called immature. Because we have not learned to be mature. We're still these three elements that we're going to talk about. We're still using these because we don't know how to function without them because we're self, you know, we think the world revolves around us. Certain aspects of the infant psyche may be usefully examined. There are three factors which should receive mention. The first, of course, circle the first, and underline is as Freud observed in his priceless phrase, circle, his majesty the baby. So that's a Freudian thing. That is not a Harry Tebow thing. That is not a prime time thing. That is a Freudian uh, expression. Her majesty the baby <laughs> underlined that the infant is born ruler of all he surveys. In other words, I am the center of the universe, the world revolves around me. That's the first uh, tendency. He comes from the nirvana of the womb, where he is usually the sole occupant, and he clings to that, and I circled the word omnipotence, which means I'm God, with an innocence, and I underlined innocence, and I learned underlined determination, which baffles parent after parent. That's a funny anecdote on that side. Um, I, um, you know that babies, they usually turn around when they get born, so that they, I didn't turn around, I didn't want to get born, I just stayed there. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to You're defiant, see? Yeah. <laughs> it's already there, but yeah. then. And it's already, it tells us how we are defiant, because, yeah. because, no! It's like, well, do this, no! No! Not me! Don't tell me what to do! And, and, and we're grandiose. <laughs> Because the world revolves around me. Uh, because he knows a baby. A baby lays in the crib. Eh, feed the baby. Eh, change the baby. Eh, cuddle the baby. Eh, the baby. And all I have to do is go, eh, and, and I get attention. Yeah, that works. But, you know, I bring that into adulthood. How does that look? Grow up. <laughs> what do you mean? I get my job. Like, where's the career? Where's the cash yeah. <laughs> Where's the boyfriend? Where's the girlfriend? Yeah. That last piece of cake was mine. <laughs> and you ate my ice cream. <laughs> I still do that, but... Uh. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> so, Her Majesty the Baby, in the run of the room, I'm living in a tournament which baffles parents. The second, circle the second, stemming directly from the monarch within, Her Majesty, circle, monarch within, <laughs> underline, is that the infant tolerates frustration 
poorly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and lets the world know it readily. Whoa. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, this is this is the this is the these are the characteristics of infancy here we're talking about. But you see, I still act that way. I don't get in my way. Eh, you don't treat me the way I want. You're getting on my resentment list, and I'm going to spread rumors about you, even though they're not true, because you didn't give me what I wanted. That's what they're talking about right here. I didn't grow out of it. <clears throat> and the third, let's circle the third significant aspect of the child's, uh, we're underlining, uh, child's original psyche is its tendency to do everything in a hurry. Uh-huh. So I'm always in a hurry and don't tell me no and get out of my way. Do what I want or get out of my way. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. I'm in the line at the supermarket. You have 13 items. This is a 12-item thing. You should let me. I only have three items. Everyone should let me go first. You're in my way. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. Now, if I push that pause button and I ask God, look at me. I'm irritable, restless, and discontented. And I'm acting like the queen in the line of the grocery store, thinking I should be served first. And, and finding fault with everything. I mean, the checkout lady shouldn't be being nice to that lady. She should just be nice to me, so get out of my way. And, and I notice my mind's telling me all this crap. And I, and I stop, I pause, and I go, God, what will my mind tell me? And then... I go, and guess what, God is telling me I'm in a hurry? I'm not in a hurry. I don't have to be anywhere. And then me and God just start laughing because I'm like, God, I am so immature. I am so ridiculous. I am such, I have such an infantile ego. I would think the world should get out of my way, serve me. Thank you for helping me see this. And so then I start Getting in the moment, you see, because when I'm in a hurry, I'm not in the moment. I am not in the moment. Her Majesty wants to be pleased. Get out of my way, even though I don't have to be anywhere. Now, if I slow down and I start talking to God, I'm in the moment. And I'm like, wow, that's so cool that that lady knows that lady and, and she's telling her congratulations on her new baby. Isn't that nice? These people are, are being, and I, and I start noticing, oh my God, that lady's really chewing her nails. I wonder what she's worried about. So I stopped thinking about me getting served, and then I noticed that the guy behind me is hopping around, uh, acting like I was two minutes before. And I went, I can see me and him and him and me. And I can, I can ask God, God can, you know, help him, help him be, maybe he is in a hurry, I don't know. Maybe I should let him go in front of me. So instead of thinking about me, I start thinking about others. I get in the moment. Imagine that. It's the same thing with, like, recovery, always in a hurry. Yeah, get I'm in a hurry, I'm in a hurry, I'm getting out of my way. I want to feel better now. Yeah. Can God just, like, fix me now? I don't want to wait. But, but if you slowed down and went, 
God, I'm in such a hurry. Can, can you just help? Can you just put your arms around me right now in this moment? And the great thing about doing all that stuff going to God is suddenly I forget what my self-talk was telling me. I forget that I was in a hurry. I forget all the drama because I slowed down and got in the moment with my higher power and it's just like it's just like when a little baby's crying and the mom picks it up and stops crying. That's how it is when I go to God. Suddenly I'm not I'm not I'm not like that. I'm just like, okay. But it takes practice to stop and slow down and ask God to be with you. That's the secret. Practice, 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 practice. <laughs> so I don't don't remember where I was. Observe, observe, observe youngsters on the beach. They run rather than walk. Observe them coming on a visit. The younger ones tear from the car while their elder siblings adopt a more leisurely pace. The three-year-olds, and more so the twos, cannot engage in play, requiring long periods of concentration, which we call uh, attention deficit disorder. But it, that, that I, I have found with a lot of people I've worked with, they I've got AD, whatever it's called, DD, and, I, and I'm like, okay, well, let's just practice this. Let's just practice slowing down. Let's practice uh, seeing when when I'm in a hurry, when I'm when I'm frustrated, when I'm acting like a baby, when I think think the world revolves around me. Let's see what happens when I when I slow down. And you see, I had I had a very fast mind that was into that ADD. I couldn't concentrate on anything until <clears throat> mine happened to be under the umbrella of alcoholism because it was all in here. It was because I didn't know how to slow down. I was in a, always in a hurry. I couldn't concentrate. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I was always in fear. I was always thinking I gotta get, gotta get this done, but I'm, I'm in a hurry to get it done, and so I can't concentrate on getting it done because I'm in a hurry. And and then I realized, God, can you help me to slow down? Can you help me think one thought at a time? More God reliance. My ADD. Went away with practice. And, and I just want to say a lot of things that we have been diagnosed with, when, when we, when we start practicing this stuff, we realize it's under the umbrella of alcoholism. And if I treat my alcoholism, a lot of my mental uh, disturbances get treated. And it's like a miracle. And I'm just like, oh, this God thing really works. Also, like for like this, these mental disorders that come with uh, impulsivity and ADHD, they are treated with mindfulness a lot. Like a lot of the dialectical behavioral therapy, yes. the biggest aspect of this working with acceptance, mindfulness, yes. spirituality. So yes. it's not like even that this was this has been written like 30, 20 years before dialectical behavioral therapy was yes. established, that is based on these principles, basically. Yes. For and people who don't have the drinking and drugging yes. problems, but the mind problem. Exactly. And and that's what's so great about all of this is... is it works. It, yeah. And then we can read it and, and people that don't have alcoholism and how, how their process works, but it's similar to our process. 
and but it's just it's about uh uncovering and discovering you know how my mind functions and and so this is the one uh where where am i Oh, the three-year-olds, and more so the twos, cannot engage in play requiring long periods of concentration. Whatever they're doing must be done quickly. At the same age, uh, children age, at the same children age, they gradually become able to stick to one activity for longer times. Yeah. And I just circled this next paragraph. Thus, at the start of life, the psyche, number one, assumes its own omnipotence, I'm the center of the universe, two, cannot accept frustration, uh, you know, things don't go my way, I throw a tantrum, three, function at a temple allegretto with a good deal of staccato and vivace thrown in. So, so, he just wants to get fancy. Uh, three, always in a hurry, hate the word no, do not, I do not like to be stopped, do not stop me. Now the question is, if the infantile psyche persists into adult life, how will it present, presence be manifested? One look in the mirror should be enough. <laughs> um, Underline, in general, when infantile traits continue into adulthood, the person is spoken of as circle, immature. So, there it is, right there. How does it manifest? I am immature, I am the queen baby, I don't know how to act like a mature adult. Um, People look at me funny, and they think, what a brat. Um, a label often applied with little com- comprehension of the reason for its accuracy. It is necessary to link these three traits from the original psyche with immaturity and at the same time show how they affect the adult psyche. If this is done, not only will the correctness of the appellation immature be apparent, but moreover, a feeling for the nature of the, I underline, unconscious underpinnings, which is the unconscious foundation, underline of the big ego, will have been created. And that, that's, that answers that question, uh, uh, up here, uh, about the elements becoming clear so that we can see the basics of the the ego, which we were just shown. I'll see what time it is. I'm worried about time now. I hope we get finished with this. Recognizing immaturity. Two steps can aid in recognizing the relationship between immaturity and a continuance of the infantile elements. The first is, which I circled the first is, by the act of imagination uh, to set these original traits into an adult unconscious. So this is going on below the surface. It's, it's, it's running on its own power. It is a power. It's the power of me. It's running my life. It's kicking up all these character defects, fears, uh, feelings of inadequacy, 
because my ego wants to be the queen and it, it, it's really on my own power it's not capable of being the queen because it's warped um yeah, I missed it. Okay, the validity of this procedure is founded upon modern knowledge of the nature of the forces operating in the unconscious of people of mature age. Us. Circle. The second step is to estimate the effect that the prolongation of these infantile qualities will have upon the adult individual. And see, that's the building the new character. I'm going to build a new character that doesn't have to engage in being the queen. So the, uh, are the consequences? Yes. I don't have to be a queen anymore because I know... That's all. That that's the these infantile traits that I'm bringing into my adulthood, which make me immature because I want my way, and I act like a baby if I don't get it, because I didn't, I didn't grow out of that. I brought it into my adult life, and it's considered immature, and I start seeing it if I start observing my daily behavior. For instance, i.e., the time I went into the one-hour photo place, I noticed, wow, look at how I'm acting. You know, I, I noticed, you think, okay, you go to a restaurant, and you have your, you, you just have your mind set on this one dish. They don't have it that night. I can feel myself. <laughs> I can just feel myself. And, 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 you know, there have been times where I couldn't control it. And I'm like, no, you don't have that one. You know, and I'm like. Yeah, you know, and I have to pause and go, I'm so sorry. Okay, let me see if there's anything else I like. Inside I might be throwing a tantrum, but this, the first step is that I stop throwing tantrums in public. <laughs> you know, but I could always make amends for that, though. I'm so sorry, you know. Uh, you know like, like at the grocery store when they give me the wrong change, I'm like, you gave me the wrong change, and so I throw the change at them and I stomp out, and they're like, here, this is your change. Now, now you keep it. <laughs> and, and I'm like, get down the street, and I'm like, <laughs> I have to turn around and go in. I'm so sorry I treated you that way, you know. And, and the same people are in line going like, "There's a fucking freak," <laughs> but I don't care because I'm doing the right thing. I'm going back and, and making amends for my behavior. So that's why I love this program because there's an answer for everything. Everything we don't we don't ever have to be uncomfortable again. To be honest. Uh, okay, uh, th this attempt should not strain the imagination severely. Uh, take, for instance, the third of the qualities common to the original psyche, psychic state, namely the tendency to act hurriedly. If that tendency prevails in the unconscious, what must the result be? The individual will certainly do everything in a hurry, he will think fast, talk fast, live fast, and he will spend an inordinate amount of time and energy 
underline, holding his fast driving proclivities in check. So he's always frustrated. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Always. It's just like, that would be also called impatience. Impatience. Um, often, the net result will be an oscillation between periods of speeding ahead, followed by periods during which the direction of the, and I circled, force is reversed. The bra- underline, the brakes, superego, being applied in equally vigorous fashions. Oh, God, they're trying to stop me. The parallel of this is the in the behavior of the alcoholic will not be lost on those who have had experience with these class of patients. Often the net result, uh, oh, let us take the same trait of doing everything in a hurry and apply it to the word immature. Uh, a circle, few will deny that jumping at conclusions. <laughs> me too underline doing things as speedily as possible gives evidence of immaturity okay well I'll give you a quick example Um, I walk into a meeting someone doesn't smile Issa doesn't smile at me Issa doesn't bow down to me she doesn't realize I've even entered the red carpet and and she's busy talking to somebody else and they're laughing, having a good time. But she doesn't notice me. I jump to a conclusion. She doesn't love me anymore. She doesn't care about me. She didn't even notice I came in. Am I even her sponsor anymore? You know, there I am jumping to a conclusion. Maybe she's busy having a conversation with somebody. Wow, that didn't occur to me. Maybe she, you know, she was busy helping another alcoholic with with a serious thing. That didn't occur to me. Because my mind immediately tells me she doesn't love me anymore. Mm -hmm. That's called untreated alcoholism. That's called jumping to conclusions. It's all about me. It's all about me. And it's the same experience in the convention when I saw you. You know, you were busy talking to other people, Mm -hmm. and it's there. Mm -hmm. It's just like, yep, Texas is definitely going to fire me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I had that just yeah. right now. A few seconds ago, I was looking at you, and you were just like, and I was like, Isa hates me. See, there, it is See? It's a function. It's yeah. the function of the... So we're all pretty much aware of how our mind tells us things that are not true, and we jump to conclusions, and then suddenly, it's like, when Isa asked me to do a workshop, I'm like... Why would I want to do that? <laughs> but one one question: Are you aware when you have these feelings that they are not real? It takes practice. If so, yeah. No, but for, for example, for me, I realize how irrational I'm being. Oh, good. That's what See? I didn't but, have that in the beginning. That's good. What, what, what but point? I cannot stop it. I mean, that's, where you need, <laughs> that's where you need God. Okay. Yeah, because you realize. Okay, I, I see this happening, but I cannot stop it. God, is can you looking, help? Instead of looking from outside, it's yeah. like you crazy bitch. Yeah, that, that's when you ask God, God, can you help me with this? No, look at this. Power can relieve our yeah. yeah, but God could and would if 
He was shot. No human power, including ourselves. Yeah, yeah that we cannot do. Yeah. That's why there's no so powerlessness. So that's all right. Go ahead and gain, pal. Go ahead. Right. I really love this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just, you just need to go that power greater, and you just start helping you out. When it gets, <laughs> yeah, there goes Maria. When it gets so unrealistic, she doesn't love us anymore. And you know, if I was at, if I was hearing you say that out loud, I'd go. Right, your mind's lying to you again. Maybe talk to God. Maybe talk to God because that's that's another outright lie that your self-talking mind was telling you. So let's move on. Uh, uh, Where where was that part about the? Keep losing my. Is it just a drive fast? It is useful, oh, but I can't find it. <sighs> okay, hold on. I'm, I'm going to find Must it. Must be somewhere there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Let us take the same trait of doing everything in a hurry. If it is youth that drives fast, thinks fast, feels fast, moves fast, acts hastily in most situations, and I underlined that one, so it is youth that is the immature youth, uh, there can be little question that one of the hallmarks of the immature, which I circled the immature, is the proneness to be under, underlined, inner pressure, for accomplishment. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think some people relate to that. <laughs> Underline. Big plans. Big schemes. Big hopes abound. Unfortunately, not matched by the ability to produce. Big shotism. Big shotism. Today I was just flirting a little bit with a guy and I already planned her wedding. So. <laughs> every, every damn day. Every single day. I'm like, what, I'm matching someone. I already know what our house looks like. I know what our children look like. I know their name. I pick up outfits to present him to yeah, my father. Like, this is my wedding dress. Together, this is how it's going with my dad. Let's, let's tell them the solution to this. You better talk to God. Yeah, you better talk to God. Don't let don't let Daniel uh, uh, run run this romantic yeah. trip. Yeah. And then also how how interesting that is, right? I mean that we that we go into something extreme that fast shows the lack of affection, like what we don't give ourselves yeah. through God. Yeah, I, it happens to me all the time as well, obviously. The fantasy. Like, why am I so desperate? People. I'm so desperate to be loved, <laughs> be seen, to be the queen of somebody. And but, then, and uh, I think like you know, before I came to AA, like I, I did obviously I tried everything. Mm-hmm. Like I tried fucking everything. And then in my first meeting, I came in and then I was like connecting with these people for the first time. I felt something that I've never felt. In a treatment before, I felt healing. Mm-hmm. And I think that was because I was like having this lack the whole time because I wasn't connecting to people. Mm-hmm. I wasn't connecting, I didn't have this, oh, I'm, I'm seen. 
people like I can tell my story because I told my story in yoga retreat as well, and they were like, Jesus, she's crazy, <laughs> you know. And um, and I felt like I don't have that in AA. In AA, I really had this connection. But for me, it's then this love that I wish in this Tinder match or something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is like the, what is was said in the beginning that we seek all the satisfaction available, and we feel like we think that if we find something big enough on the outside, that will fix the hole inside of us. So it's like the fantasies come where it's like, oh, only if I have this and this, and if this was going, and if that happened, then I'll be okay. Then I'll be whole. Yeah. And it's like it's not even real about really about the connection to another person. It's just the, the using things, people with yeah, the delusion. Yeah, right. And, and it's like always like coming back, just like when we were drinking. It's like oh, it won't be like this this time. And this time I'm gonna feel better if I take this drug and that drink and. And that person, and that person, and that place. But see, my fantasy can only happen if they do what I want them to do. So and they've never been. Yeah, so that's why I'm That's exactly how it works. It doesn't want reality. It wants yeah. a blank canvas that my, my ego can project things on. Right? Yeah. Love. Yeah. Ego father. Yeah. Ego father. And that's why our instincts are so dangerous, especially that sex one, because my mind will go off into my fantasy yeah. world of mm. make believe, and, and, and but, but then I forget. That I'm not going to be the one playing God, and that I should ask God, you know, maybe this other person doesn't want what I want. Maybe I should learn to be mature. You see, because all my fantasy and all me wanting everyone else to do so, that's immaturity because I want them to please me once again. So, you know, and then I'm like, oh, they broke my heart. It's like, no, they didn't. <laughs> they just weren't sick enough to live your fantasy. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Don't. But how can you look like that wedding dress? Like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why did you propose on the same week? It's not my fault. <laughs> exactly. So, we got our big schemes, our big hopes around, unfortunately uh, not matched by the ability to produce, but the effect upon the adult of the persisting infantile quality to do everything in less than sufficient time can now be seen in a clearer light. The adult trait is surely a survival from the original psyche of the infant. The other... The two other surviving qualities of this infantile psyche similarly contribute to the picture of immaturity and also indirectly help to clarify the nature of the big ego with the capital E. Circle the first of these. Underline the feeling of omnipotence being the center of the universe when carried over into adult life affects the individual in ways easily anticipated. I circled omnipotence and I underlined it as, of course, associated with royalty, if not divinity. Thank God. Yep, 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 yep. Underlined the unconscious result of the persistence of this trait is that its bearer harbors a belief of his own circle's special role. Underlined and in his own Let's circle exceptional 
rights. Such a person finds it well nigh uh, and circle impossible to function happily on an ordinary level. I am not the common. I am above average. And uh, I'm always right. And you should do what I want. So, underline obsessed with the and circle divine afflautus, which means the uh, divine inspiration. Inspiration. Underline the thought of operating in the lovely and humble areas of life. In other words, being in the God zone is most distressing to me because I'm special. I, I underline the rest of this paragraph. The very idea that such a place is all one is capable of occupying is in itself a blow to that big ego, which reacts with a sense of inferiority, I circled that word, at its failure to feel a more distinguished position. Moreover, any success becomes merely, circle, merely ego father. What does that mean? That means ego feed. Feed my ego. Feed my ego. Feed my ego. That's why we have to give all of our credit to anything that good that happens. We we give it to our higher power because we don't want our ego to take credit for anything good in our life. Because I, my ego didn't help me. Because I've been practicing going to that higher power. So obviously it was that higher power that helped me get this. Because my ego wants to take credit so it can be the power again. But I'm not going to fall for that. I'm going to give all the credit. I'm going to be humble enough to give all the credit to the higher power. Even though, yeah, I accomplished this through the power of my higher power. Help me accomplish this. You know, because if if I let my ego take it, then my ego starts thinking, I'm God again. Yep. Let me ruin her life. She's gonna, she's gonna go for it now that I'm puffed up again. Yeah. I'm so cool. I got that job. You know, what if I wasn't sober and going to God, I would have never got that job because I would have showed up with my ego being superior, and they would have said, we don't want her to work for us. But I asked God to go with me on that job interview so I could be humble. And that's how I got the job. God, thank you so much for going with me to that job interview. Because if I had gone on my own power, they would have said, no way, Jose. We're not going to... We are not going to... Hire that defiant, grandiose person here. We don't need her type. So, but, but how do you manage? I have a question. What? This, how do you manage this humbleness with 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 people that will walk over you? Oh, oh well. You see that? How do you balance that? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Well, that's where that's where coming in, asking God, asking me how to learn to communicate in a mature, kind, loving way comes in. Uh, there's different there's different progressive steps as we go through this recovery stages. For instance, um, someone said something to me that really pissed me off. 
But I don't want to get angry. But on my own power, I cannot not get angry. But, so I, I hit the pause button. God, can you please remove my anger? Help me not get angry. But then later on when I'm doing my nightly review, I realize I'm really mad at myself because I felt like a doormat. Because I feel like I let them run over me. Because I, I, did, I didn't say anything back. I didn't do anything. I didn't respond. So then I'm mad at myself. This is where you get to rely on God. God, what could I have done instead? That's why nightly reviews are so important. Because if I get, if I get in that situation, and I'm like, oh, but, but thank you for removing the, the anger. So at least I didn't react to anger. But now I feel like a doormat because I didn't say anything. So now what do I do, God? What could I have done instead? So I ask God again for help. Help me learn how to respond in a loving, kind, mature way. Help me to learn how to communicate. And so then after a while, you get better at this. Because not, not only is this like, okay, okay, I may have to go through that a few times, just, just being satisfied with God removing that anger in that moment. And then asking God in my night degree, what could I have done instead? And the more I talk to God about this and write it down, well, I could have just told them that I thought what they said was really rude in a nice, loving, kind way. And say, and then seeing what they said back without a, without using my character defects. You see, that's where God comes in handy, because then when I communicate, communicate with people, I'm not saying in, in a, in a uh, angry way, you were rude to me. You know, you shouldn't talk to me that way, Her Majesty, right? You shouldn't, I, 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 I tell you what, that used to piss me off so much. You can't talk to me that way. It's like, well, I just did, and guess what? Fuck you. That would be my response. And then I, but, but I practiced this long enough, and I'm like, okay, God, save me from getting angry, because the thing is, yes, I, it's already happened, and I know this, you know, my smart-ass ego knows this, that I'm right and you're wrong, and, 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 and I can talk to you however I want, and, but, 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 but the thing is, I hit the pause button, and I'm like, okay, I don't wanna, I don't want to be that woman anymore. That's what's so great was the more you practice this, the the more you stop wanting to be that woman that has to be right and have to say, you know what, fuck you. I can talk to you. You know, I can be an asshole, and I can use my anger and I can do whatever I want. Instead, I I learned I don't want to be. Yeah, she just told me I talked to her in a way that was harmful. So I see it. Start seeing it differently. Because I don't want to be that woman anymore. God, help me see, help me see the situation the way you see it. Help me, help me, show me what you would, what kind of woman you want me to be here. And the thing is, if I'm with a character defects, I'm immature. <laughs> if I ask God to help me be mature, what would you do here? It'd be like, oh, you know what? You're right. I, I, I shouldn't have spoke to you that way. But I, but I have already asked God, God, what could I have said instead? And then instead of saying, you know, however I said it to her, yes, I can't fuck you. It'd be like, it'd be like instead, I'd be like, 
Well, this is what I meant to say, and I didn't do it in a very kind way, but I really need to to turn the taps in the bathtub off so that the house doesn't flood. <laughs> so I didn't yell at the person, did I? I asked them nicely, kind, lovingly. Uh, you know, I didn't offend them at all. It's so hard in that moment, though, when you see something and the logic might like, well, why would, would, don't they know that that should be off? You know, yeah. like for me, I have this, yeah. and it's instead like this is such a good, yeah. like, And that's why we need a power greater than ourselves, and that's why we need to start relying on it yeah. and learn how to be this new character that God's want me to be, yeah. so that I don't get hysterical mm-hmm. and yell at people when they make a mistake. But it's more, for me, it's more like I eat myself. I don't say it I'm in, in my own way. Oh. I mean, my jaw is inward. Yeah. It's yeah. all yeah. in. Yeah. I, go yeah. in. Yeah. I don't go, I, because you I get resentful. I get resentful because oh. I used to shout. I used to be yeah. like, no, no, no. Like more when I was using and drinking, I was more out. But then when I started to see a little bit more clearly because I, I was on and off sober, then I, I went in. And they was against myself. But then you beat yourself up later for yeah. for saying that to yourself, right? Yeah. yeah uh huh. See, that, 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 that's it. That's why. Yeah, that's that's why we need. That's why we need God. Because you know, the first step is we stop saying it out loud. The second, the second step is when we notice that we're saying it in inner go. You know, that's not right either. God, what would you have me say? How would you help me see this? What What kind of woman do you want me to be in this situation? And then you stop being the immature, judgmental, angry, uh, the list is here, brat. You stop doing that because it doesn't serve you anymore. And she said, that's what happens eventually when we practice this and practice this. Because that's what the step seven is saying. Take, a, take all of me good and bad because I don't know the difference. It's just take, you, you decide what character you want me to be in the moment I'm in. But you see, I have to ask, you know, God to help me. That is, I mean, constantly having to ask God to help me. Can you show me what you would have me do here? You know, I'm tired of being a bitch. I'm tired yeah. of being, I'm tired of being in, 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 uh, beating myself up because I'm a bitch. I'm, I'm tired of all, you know, and it, because that, that's, that's my ego because I'm not perfect. And so my ego beats me up. And it's just like, uh, God, can you just hold me? And that's the thing also with this whole process is like explosion, implode, explode, implode. Yes. And that's the high, the superior. It's like anger and shouting and screaming and throwing plates. And the lower is like depressed, feeling so pity. Yeah. It's like, I can't. So it's like we need to get to the zone again. Yeah. God zone. Yeah. That's where we're really right size. It's, it's, I like that because like my, my old therapist also said to me that like it's important to get Selbstbewusstsein, um, um, so like knowing yourself, like not inferior, I'm, I'm the smartest one and I deserve the world, but also not like I'm a piece of shit and everything is like nothing's going well. It's like actually I deserve that. I deserve that it's not going well. Yeah, but that's like that's like that's, that's a ego. delusion. Ego, yeah. It's yeah. Just ego, ego, ego. I'm I'm neither am I the queen of the universe nor am I a piece of shit. I'm just somewhere in between. I'm just like you said. It's just we have the human condition, and you know, like this is all just part of it. And then the ability to see who we really are is like 
what it means selbstbewusstsein, not just like I, I, grandiosity, but like bewusstsein, like awareness of yeah. stuff. And that's like that's also the problem. This step one, like it's like awareness of the truth of me, yeah. what I am. And we and, and instead of reacting to what our ego is telling us, we observe it mm-hmm. and go. Wow. Not take the instructions. <laughs> Not take the instructions. Yeah. Yeah. Think, and, and then we can talk to God. We can observe our ego with God and go, there I am. Thanks for showing me yeah. the power and that's of... that's exactly what we need to surrender. Yeah. That's like awareness, surrender. Yeah. It's like we always say we, have, we only have to surrender. Before, I used to be very aggressive about this. It's like, what the fuck will I surrender? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I used to think about surrender. I stop fighting, and yeah, I need right. to fight so that I don't die and that I don't yeah. relapse. But it's not like that. If I'm white knuckling, I'm I'm egoing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also the clue of edging God out. Yeah. When I'm edging God out, I mean ego, ego. Yeah. ego. Yeah. And you know, this whole thing takes so much practice yeah. and, because sometimes, uh, I even I'm just occasionally now. I go, I can't believe I don't get to run my own life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then I'm like, but then that, that lasts for about half a second, and I'm like, thank you so much for running my life, God, so that I can be on vacation. So you know, I don't have it's to. It's so exhausting to yeah. my God. So go ahead, what were you going to say? I wanted to say, like, because you were asking, like, uh, how to protect yourself so nobody, like, walks over you, right? Yeah. And the thing is, like, in the, in the first months of my sobriety, like, uh, coming out of these, Two uh, two zones coming to the God zone slowly. I was able to meet myself. What do I actually like and what do I actually dislike? I was meeting myself for the first time. Who is this Ravon actually? Mm. And um, after I got to know her more, and after I got to know more what 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 I really like want to stand for, who I really am, I was uh, way more conscious about my boundaries. I knew this, I know for sure I don't like this. So in the moment that somebody wants to like, uh, walk over my head, I don't feel these moments. Because I know in that moment to defend myself, maybe I don't do it the best way, like. That's where God comes in. Yeah. Because, yeah, because, because that, that, that thing is that, that's, that is, that is the first step to, because see, um, I find setting boundaries, uh, I call it building walls. Yeah, because it's asking, to, to me, it's asking everybody to behave the way I need them to behave for me to be alright. And I know a lot of people that, uh, do that so they can be alright. And I'm just like, well, you know what? I, I'm not your puppet. Uh, so, so that's where I started learning to ask God to help me communicate in a loving, caring, mature way what might not be working for me so I don't have to sound like I'm setting a boundary I could just say you know what that that doesn't really work with me with who I am I'm just not that girl you know but I can say it in a nice loving way and then and then they're not using me as as a doormat a, a doormat but I didn't use my because my go to character defect when when people want to use me as a doormat is anger. Yeah. So yeah, so 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 instead of I ask God to remove that and, and how 
can you help me learn to communicate? And then, and then it never feels like I'm putting up a wall. I mean, I can sound like I'm putting up a wall if I want to. And then every once in a while I go there. I'm not perfect. But, but, uh, most of the time I ask God to help me, you know. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What, what did you say? We are not saints. What? We are not saints. Oh, we are not saints. We are not saints. <laughs> I, I really like this, like, with the not boundaries, but, like, actually, a lot of people who overstep boundaries or who, who hurt me are usually people who be, need, don't need more walls, but more love and compassion. And uh, I, I have a situation at the moment with someone from program where I'm like, oh. Uh, yeah, you know about this, and I'm, I'm like, actually, I don't need to inflate my ego by telling you how wrong you are, and how you're hurting me, and how much you suck, and how you're a piece of shit, and how you're so dry, and, not and you're not doing the program. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't have to be like the the. Well, what are you doing much. instead? I'm just lovingly detaching and being like, good. There you are. I don't have to engage. I'm detaching with God. I don't have to be telling this person everything that he's doing wrong and how he's wronging me uh, out of all people. <laughs> right. I could just be like, you know what? Right. I, I noticed you want to start gossiping. Okay. Good. I'll see you later. You know, yes. it's like, and then you know, this person will get their own, go their own way, yes. their own journey, and yeah. the time when the time's right, maybe they'll be questioning, oh, what what is going on? Why is she not friends with me anymore? Well, right. And, and, you, and, 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 and then yeah. they may ask you, yeah, and then right, you then can I tell can them, say, well, uh, when you gossip, I, I don't like to gossip, so I walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, and if but they, without the entitlement and the pushiness and the I'm right, you're wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. that's what I'm talking about, learning to communicate with God, with, yeah. with love, kindness, and with God, asking God, how can I say this? Because... But, you know, you, you're stepping away because, uh, and that, that happens a lot in, in AA because we all grow at different rates. Yeah. People are newer than others. Yeah. They have a different program. And yeah. Other, yeah. Yeah. And, and so we, 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 sometimes someone that I've, I've been getting along with for the last two years, suddenly I outgrow them or they outgrow me and we lose contact. Yeah. But that's God also. Because you see, I can't. It's not on my time. Yeah, I can't force uh, relationships. They, they either happen or they don't happen. And, and, and I believe that God. Should we take a short break? Yeah. Just, okay. Also, just in general, because it's been a while. Wow, two hours and 45 minutes. Oh my God, and we haven't even. We could have a part two. We could have a part two. We could have a part. Upset is like usually attached to the to the thinking I'm better than some yeah. someone, right? So I think a feeling is always also sometimes rooted in the thoughts that tell me what I should be doing. And sometimes it's like, okay, for example, when I am grieving someone's loss, then there's no mind chatter. It's like the feeling of grief. Yeah. When I'm thinking my feelings. That's when it gets, I feel like, that's when it gets, like, kind of dizzy, okay. because then it's mixed up with my, with my, with my mind shadow that is telling me things that make me feel like shit, or that make me feel upset about someone else. Okay. And the emotion is, I feel like the emotion is always valid, but then acknowledge why is it cropping up? Is it, is it attached to, like, the head, or is it attached to, like, a, a physical experience of an emotion, right? Okay. I have a great example of that, if you want to hear it. I want. Okay, when my mother died, 
I mean, I don't get really get along with my brothers, especially with my younger brother. And I was in Texas when my mother died, and I'm so grateful for that and all that stuff. And me and my mom had a very special, you know, we had our own relationship, just like my each of my brothers had their own relationship. But when my mother died, and, and I'm going to tell you something, Isa, Jonas, and Adam sent me this bouquet of flowers to my mother's house in Texas. Yeah. And it had the the the, uh, the, the St. Francis prayer yeah. in there. And out of, you know, just total love for their taxi. <laughs> and uh, so here I had this. And see, this is what happens. So I'm sitting here, and I lost my mom, and we were very close. She was what, we were best friends. Damn right, I'm going to miss her. Damn right, I'm saying. But when I talk to God, God show me the facts. You see, when I'm sad, I do the same thing. God show me the facts. Because if I'm grieving or sad or something, and I make it about me, and, and what about me? And and I can't believe, you know, everybody should feel sorry for me because I lost my mother. Well, God will show me the facts. I'm not the only person on the planet that has lost their mother. There's a fact. Uh, well, what, what about me? How am I supposed to feel? Because you see, I have these old ideas how I'm supposed to feel when people lose their parents. They're just old ideas. Are they right or wrong? Well, I don't know. So I talk to God. I'm like, I'm like, they don't feel right to me. So can you show me the facts? I don't want to make this about me. And God, God, uh, oh my God, it was just so amazing. Cause he, you know, it's just like, it's like God already intuitively knows I'm sad. Yeah, I'm going to miss my mommy. He's my best friend. But he, he threw me into this gratitude. Of how lucky I was to have that woman in my life as my mommy for that. And, and how because of AA we became best friends. And how grateful I became. And I didn't need any. I, I could show up for others. Because I was grateful that that woman had been on the planet for all of them too. And if they were sad, I could give them a hug and say, I know, I'm going to miss her too. And then I asked God to show me more facts. My mother was ready to go. It would have been selfish of me to want her to stay. You know, so, so, so this is how I rely and, and ask my God to, to help, help me all the time is, can you show me the facts? And then it's not about me, and I'm so grateful. I miss my mom every fucking second of every day. I mean, come on, she was amazing. And and I think about things she said and how funny, you know, she could be. And, and, and you know, and, and that I have all of that in my heart. I just, it's never going to go away. So anytime I start feeling sorry for myself that my mommy's dead, First of all, remember, I know a lot of people, I might I might contact somebody else that just lost their mommy and say, I love you so much. Here's a big hug for you. Because I know I know how important it is 
to miss a mommy. You know, so I can be there no matter how, as it says in the promises, no matter how far down I have the scale I have gone, my experience can help another. But you see, I've learned how not to be selfish and make things about me. Sometimes I've been really sad and really mad, and I'm just like, yeah, and, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll have to talk to God about it because I can't get to the bottom of it. And I'm, so, I'm like, God, I don't know why I'm really mad right now. Can you help me see this? But one thing that I've always found helpful is to ask God to always, can you hold me and just help me be with you? Because I don't understand why I feel this way. But I do know that every time I ask that higher power to hold me and hug me and rock me like a baby, I feel better. So that's how I use my higher power. But let's finish this page because I know that everybody... Thank you for the story. What? It did not start. It didn't start. Are you kidding me? It missed that whole story? <laughs> Anyway, that wasn't my ego because the thing is, it's just like I've got a million of these stories, and I'm I'm always glad to tell them when when they when they come up as a good nugget. Uh, why were you crying? My dad just died two months ago. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you miss him. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, did my story help you? Yeah. Was going to God, seeing the facts, and being grateful. Yeah. It, it's just. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, and I know how hard it is, but I also know uh, we're all close. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, um, like, a weirdly amazing experience going through it in sobriety. With yes. Everyone. Thanks to AA. And thanks to doing the amends with him. Yes. See, and, and, and that's it. That that's one reason to do all these steps is because then you get to have an entirely different experience with people. Because I don't know about you and your parents, but I had a I had a rough time until I I started practicing AA, and Issa did too. She's crying also. And just because you know how alcoholism is, and how she was totally like, you know, let's. You were doing this like the fourth and fifth step and kind of just like get to the immense part and then it's like, and yeah, you were given the chance to make amends and it's just so beautiful how everything just falls into place. I love it. Yeah. And, and you say. When we get to do that in sobriety. Yeah. Yeah. By working the step and finding a power greater than ourselves and growing and changing. And it's beautiful. It just touches my my soul, you know. It's like, and I'll tell you, I watched her go through her struggles <laughs> w- from the beginning with her family, and and it's just uh, amazing, miraculous uh, how they feel about each other now. So I highly encourage everybody to do their steps and and to open their mind and uh, to really helped me was when I walked in my mom and my dad's shoes what was it like to be them what was it like them to have a daughter like me you know instead of of putting the focus on them what they did wrong kind of just look at if if it's in that fourth step at a completely different angle it's just like well what was it like to be them what was it like for them to come home from work and have to deal with someone like me you know, and what kind of daughter was I? Instead of what kind of 
parents were you, what kind of daughter was I? Well, what kind of children were they, and what did they go through, and yeah. why did they got like shaped like this? I mean, I was, yeah. I was I, when I came into recovery, I hated my dad. I wanted him to die. I hated him. I like I literally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I hated yeah, him so yeah, much. Yeah. I was like, you made me like this. You yeah. trauma. It's your fault. You ruined my life, and yep. you made me a heroin junkie. Fuck you. I could have been. I could have been somewhere else. I could have been a star. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but basically that, and then then I just like. In recovery, I slowly realized, like, he was in, like, when he was 11 years old, he was from Bulgaria, he came in the back of a car to, to flee to Germany from, like, after they, the government took all of the, the possessions of my family there, and he had to, like, go through, like, three different countries to come to Germany, and then they, there was racism, and he got discriminated, they, they couldn't speak German, and... You know, like, he had a fucking awful time, and I just couldn't have compassion or see that he was suffering, and that he only, that he built his character because of his suffering, yeah. and he became the person he was with his anger and frustration and grief and pain huh? because of his experience, and not because of me, and he was doing this to me. No. He was just trying the best he could yes. with what he had. And I could never see that until I got, like, I was in recovery. Yes. I, I and that is like such a different experience to like hating someone and blaming them and not seeing their point. Would go on like, yeah, but what was my part? How was I acting? Yeah, and like what as is, a daughter, like, oh my god. Yeah, and seeing and seeing that I had expectations of them being perfect. Yeah. Well, to my fantasy true. parents. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, it's just like they were just two human beings trying, you yeah. know, suffering yeah. the. The pains of growing up yeah. <laughs> and having a daughter like, like generations me. of what you know, what they carry, what they've learned as well, like the old ideas they have, doesn't make things right. What they did, for example, um, but some uh, some things. But then you know, it's what I do with this information. Yeah. And then there's the compassion, the principle of compassion that comes in that can be applied in this and. And all the other principles that we learn in the program. And, and seeing that a lot of these are our old ideas and going like, okay, how can I see this differently? That's what the, the, the program helps me learn. How to adjust my perception of things. I loved also that like I now can see what he was doing for me and not just what he was doing against me. Like how he was yeah. fighting for me when I was struggling with addiction, he could have put me on the street, but he was always there caring for me. He drove me to the hospital a hundred times. We, I remember when I was 17 and I was bound to the hospital and he, like, to a mental health facility and he drove me through half of Germany, like, going to every psychiatric facility and asking them if they would take me in. Aww. And I only saw how he was harming me. <laughs> and I love him so much. You know, I love Yay, him. Dad! <laughs> Yay, Dad! Yeah, I but love him so much. And, like, to make he always supports me, but like all I could see back then was how he, what he didn't do, and what he yeah. did to harm me. And now I can see how much he loves me, and he was just trying his best. Yeah. <laughs> okay, pass it, pass it around. Yeah, I can see how does anybody else have a very necessary daddy one before we move on? 
No, if you, they, oh, not, enough of these just for okay. okay. <laughs> let, let, let's finish this page and then we can all we can all share the tissues. Uh, I don't know where I'm at, so I'm just going to start from here. The ability to administer the affairs of state? Okay. Well, let's go ahead and underline that. The ability to administer the affairs of state, both large and small, is taken for granted by us when we when we think that we we are the royalty we're we're in charge and this is where we get to start seeing like I was talking about earlier how I try to run the show even though I can't see it but I start I start seeing it it's like well things will go really good if you did it my way and and let me be the uh be, be the head of state uh, the belief that he is a natural executive placed in the wrong job merely confirms his conviction that, underline at best, he is the victim of lack of appreciation, underline, and at worst, of sabotage by jealous people. That's what it is. Who said, that's right. Who set up, who set up rogue, roadblocks to Maria's progress? That's it. That's right. That's Everyone wants to get out of my way. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. Yeah. Can't you see who I am? You're going on my fourth step. <laughs> the world is inhabited by selfish people. Let's underline this. The world is inhabited by selfish people, intent only on their own advancement. Maria? Yes. Uh huh. Everyone is selfish, not me, though. Uh, that's right. Me, me neither. I can see it in you, but I sure can't see it in me. The genesis, the, the beginning, the origin of all, underline. This is beyond his perception. You say we can't see it. We can feel it and and get angry because and jeal but you know I can see that you're jealous of me and you're you're in my way. You're you're cock blocking me from that advancement. <laughs> and and uh, yep, good thing we have that fourth step uh, underlined to tell him that his reactions spring from the demands of an inner unsatisfied king. And I circled inner unsatisfied king because that's my reaction spring from the demands of my inner unsatisfied queen is to invite, uh, underline, incredulity and disbelief and what does incredulity mean? Doubt. Doubt. The, uh, uh, to invite doubt and disbelief underlined so far from the conscious mind are any thoughts or feelings. People who openly continue to cling to their claims of circle divine prerogative usually end up in a world especially constructed for their care. In other words, uh, they, they're very limited. Let's, let's say, uh, I, I, I love Madonna, but damn, I would hate to work for her. Uh, because if you did not live up to what, you know, what, what the world that's especially constructed for her, you, you're out of there. 
she's a very talented, uh, you know, person and all this stuff. But I hear that if, it, it, as far as working for her, it's like, you just don't step out of line at all. Because her world is constructed for her care, not yours. That's it. In others, the omnipotent pressures are rather better buried. Underline, the indiv individual circle may admit that. Underline, in many ways, he acts like a spoiled brat. Circle spoiled brat. Underline, but he is scarcely conscious of the extent of the tendency, nor how deeply rooted it may be. Does anybody have a spoiled brat? Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, some people so say so Oh, I got better the worst. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, people say they have their an inner child. I have a inner spoiled brat. <laughs> yeah, I don't have an inner child. My inner child is, is a spoiled brat, so, <laughs> yeah. Call it like I see it. But he is scarcely conscious of the extent of the tendency, nor how deeply rooted it may be. Underline, he may, he like most people, resolutely avoids a careful look, because the recognition of any oh, such, God, yes, uh huh, <laughs> inner attitudes is highly disturbing. That's why we we it look hurts to look at ourselves, because we're then then the ego can use that information to to hate us even hate more. Us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, it's like now, and it also, I might know what I'm up against and I need to change. Yeah. yeah. And my ego does not want me to look at, at that to see maybe what I'm, could be doing differently. Yeah. This is for me the essence of why I use and drank. It's like, if I have to, if I'm conscious, I have to look at what I'm doing and eventually take responsibility. But, or I look at what I'm doing and I'm like, oh, this isn't actually great and I want to be perfect so I can't look at it. Yeah. yeah. But I can look at somebody else yeah. and, and feel better about myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Like my parents. <laughs> yeah. See what I'm saying? You can, we can do that. Uh, underline, the unconscious credence in one's special prerogatives savors too much of straight selfishness to be anything but unpleasant to contemplate. We don't want to see this. We're too selfish to see this. It's just like it's not me. A prerogative? A special right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what makes I didn't hear it? Self defined right. As so, underlined, for the most part, people remain circle, happily ignorant. Underlined, of the unconscious drives which push them around. We become happily ignorant of it because it's like, that's not me. What do you mean? I'm, I'm a really nice person. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't get it. Why are you so mean to me? Everybody's so mean. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. 
So I'm going to be mean to everybody else. I mean, I just, I just, you know, I went through trauma. And, yeah, that's right. Trauma. I've been blaming on my my mom and my dad and my and my and my six year old playmate. Yeah, trauma entitles me to cause trauma on others. Yeah, it's just like it's just like <laughs> special prerogative. Yeah, it's like it's like okay, well, do I do I want to live in 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 my yesterdays and something that happened yesterday? Do I still want to feel that feeling and live in that and blame that person? Why I'm like I am today? Well, yeah, that would be the easy way out, but I wouldn't have many friends that I would consider. Friends, because I don't want people like that in my life. Uh, that that uh, you know, I, I, I've read a million books, and they all say that that I need to change my perception, and I need to I need to see things differently, I, and and live in the present moment, and and see the silver lining of things instead of seeing the devastating oh my god the trauma. See the silver lining. Yeah, there's so much silver lining out there. When bad things happen to me, I, I go, yeah, but look at what it showed me. Yeah, it, may, it may have taken this away from me, but look what I have. Oh, my God. It wasn't a bad thing at all because it woke me back up in, into being grateful for what I do have. You know, it's all about staying awake. If I'm going to have an awakening, the key to this whole program is to stay awake. And the only way I can stay awake is to talk to the higher power. Otherwise, I'm sleeping. But that's what the great thing about the ego and alcoholism is, because it puts me back to sleep. But because I watch my mind, I get to wake up again. And I get to go, oh, thank you, God, for waking me up by showing me my ego again. Thank you for for waking me back up. Uh and I'm underline, they may wonder, and I circled wonder, why they tend to boil inside and wish they could free themselves from a constant sense of uneasiness and unsettlement. I'm going to reread that one. Oh, the anger issues. I wonder why I tend to be angry and, and boil inside, and I wish I could be free from myself. From the constant sense of uneasiness and unsettlement. Well, that's because I have the irritable, restless, discontented thing. But you see, I don't know. I don't have a solution for it. So, so I get, I get very upset that I can't uh, get the ease and comfort on my own power. They may recognize that they seem jittery and easily excited, and long for the time when they could meet life. Uh, underline more calmly and maturely. Underline they may hate their tendency to become rattled. Yep, I'm not perfect. But their insight into the origin of all of this is next to nothing, if not a complete blank. Underline this. The king lies deep below the surface, far out of sight. And the next time we'll pick it up at an inability to accept frustration. Thank you so much.
Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.